The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for three ninety nine. Mix and match a four piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Are we rolling? I, well, I just Can we please know. roll on this? Are we? Because if we're having up top banter, I have so I have some things to say. Okay, fine. First of all, we are we have Tony Hawk on the show today, as you can tell by my vintage Thrasher shirt. I can't even. I my, my 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 stutter's gotten worse as I get older. We have Tony Hawk on the show, as you can tell by my speech impediment. <laughs> I mean, I was stuttering a lot around him. He ollied boarded over my tongue. Wait, what's the what's the move? Ollied, 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 over my Ugh. tongue. I was going to say something inappropriate about a man ollieing on me, and I'm not going to anymore. Well, I couldn't even think of what the name of the sport, the, the, was, the sport was called. You know, who's, who's stuttering now? We know I have one. <laughs> okay, up top banter. Okay. But I just wanted everyone to know I am absolutely pandering to whoever's watching this. This is my favorite Thrasher sweatshirt uh, that I, I'm obsessed with it, mm -hmm. and I was going to wear it for the interview and then I chickened out and got embarrassed uh, because like what kind of loser is like here's my third third like hey, I feel like I've got the same kind of talks about it now and I even bought a pair of vintage airwalks to wear to pretend that I <laughs> I mean I do fully buy costumes to wear when certain guests come in and then I like you know you I said what kind of loser <laughs> These are my shoes I bought. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's right. And then I ordered these on uh, eBay. Yeah, this was eBay, not Etsy for once. And I was like, oh, I'm going to wear these. He's going to think I'm so cool. And not only did I back out at the last minute, see the Airwalk They logo? are cool, too. They're super cool. But I also, they, I bought them in um, the wrong size. These are size eight. I thought they were, they were a men's eight. So now they're just collectibles. We have a very exciting episode. I mean, it's already been a mind-bending thrill ride. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in to Tony Hawk, he is often referred to as the goat of skateboarding. Um, already a tangent. Why is it? I know it means greatest of all time, but if someone is the greatest of all time, can't you take a second out of your day to just say the complete phrase and not degrade them into being a goat, which is truly the least impressive animal? Yeah. You're the goat. I don't think like awesome. I think like they jump on people in yoga on Instagram. So they're business people. Um, <laughs> They built empires. Branding, always branding. I'm just saying, I don't like. I, I don't like goat. He's the goat. He's the, like that's what everybody says now. I'm like, can't you just say greatest of all time? Are yeah. you that busy? Switch it up. He's a jellyfish. Are you, <laughs> are you that busy that you need to abbreviate it? I don't know. I just think it's disrespectful. This is cool. Also, Tony Hawk. Something that's I think really. Um, kind of profound about this interview is we talked a lot about the fact that that in addition to being the greatest of all time I have time to say it Tony Hawk is like has an incredible business brain like he oh, yeah. he built this massive video game empire obviously called Tony Hawk pro skater <laughs> I just I love people that are super creative have an athletic skill are known for that but then they're also able to have a business brain which usually we're stereotyped to not be good at numbers or being be able to talk mm -hmm. to the adults you know we always have to sit at the kids table it's it's just cool because i just so many artists athletes you know they never got to learn or they don't like it or we were just treated like children yeah which honestly makes a lot of sense for a group of people who throw fits when they don't have their special little bowl of purple skittles 
It's weird that you guys have that you're labeled like that, huh? Mm-hmm. Us creatives, we're like, why do people think we're crazy <laughs> and we're crying over? This is not the water I drink. <laughs> I can only show up if you have my three pillows. <laughs> I do need three pillows. I need a nap. I need. A, I need a like, pillow. It's like, what? I, is that a dig at me? Because I sleep with a pillow behind my head, a pillow over my face, and then I have to hold on to one. Yeah, like that's it's how a man. I sleep too. So it's technically about me. <laughs> okay, but, I was okay. gonna say I do feel like you're projecting a little bit. Anyway, Tony Hawk. I'm obsessed with Tony Hawk for so many reasons, but I think it's super cool that he shows that you can elevate whatever you do into a business, right? A lot of things we do, we can't do forever. And he built this video game. I'm always trying to think, how can I expand what I do to be a business that I can just like not have to tour if this all dries up and goes away? Like maybe one day I could be like a therapist. Oh, you think you could be a therapist? Yes. Okay. Well, I just, I'm just, I have a, maybe <laughs> just a few reasons you I might not be, be able to be a therapist. That. I don't think that someone who buys syrup in bulk should be allowed to give advice on OCD. <gasps> Did you just attack my glitter maple syrup addiction? Yeah. Me. Yeah, I have. This is has glitter in it. This is syrup with glitter in it. Anyone who bought just one is a psychopath. And how many did you buy? Nine. And how many have you used? None. Because I don't want to uh-huh. use it all. But if That's I use cool. it, I won't have it anymore. Cool, it's called cool, thinking cool. ahead. What if they run out? I'm just saying, if you were a therapist, you would have these people in a traumatic spiral in your office. You'd be like linking their ancestral trauma to like Dracula or West Virginia. It a, a lot of people are from Appalachia. Google it. I'm from Applebee's. <laughs> Tony Hawk. The fact you didn't interrupt was actually was it because you were just you were spending all your time thinking of like reasons. You're like think when you think. When was I traumatized by a skateboard? <laughs> when I only have good memories about skateboards. My brand, the brand. <laughs> I have to somehow make myself the victim in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> you're just sitting there. You're like listening to Tony talk about things he loves, the thing he enjoys most in his entire life, and you're like, interesting. So there's no hurt around this. Like nothing weird. <laughs> you didn't want to have sex with the skateboard. The skateboard didn't want to have sex with you. Did it have sex with you? Did the skateboard have sex with you? I think that skateboard is from West Virginia. I think there's a lot of trauma around these wheels. <laughs> Speaking of wheels, which group were you? Were you which which part of the BBBNSs were you? BBBNS. Bike boards, blades, and skates. I was a rollerblader. <laughs> oh. Well, I got these hot little legs, and I had very few friends, and I love storming out of a fight, but not as much as I like gliding out of a fight. <laughs> That is a power move. <laughs> it's gliding away from a fight. I was um, not as elegant with my rollerblading, but I was a very um, somewhat infamous around the town of Philadelphia, town, city, you know, the township. So I used to rollerblade in Philadelphia when I was in college there. Every day I would rollerblade uh, with my Walkman. I had my mm. CD in my Walkman. My Now That's What I Call Music volume... The one with Lady Marmalade and Destiny's Child. Somewhere between 10 and 78. Honestly, the, that is the coolest superpower ever, being able to tell someone the song with this on it, and they know <laughs> the now that's what I yeah. call music. But like, there's someone out there who curated those, who if you were to sit next to them, you could go like, which is the one that was like, uh, uh, to the, the to the left Beyonce song. Now that's what I call the vo- uh, music volume for versus 72. And there are other people you're like, which one had, um, <laughs> which one had uh, the J-Lo Waiting for Tonight song on it? And they're like, I don't know. I had real CDs. <laughs> I didn't have. I didn't have this. Uh, this uh, playlist. You know what it from was? From the '90s. It was like the Cliff Notes. It was like if yeah. you didn't really know anything about music, you would just like hear all the ones. It, it was like it was like top forty, but you could buy it. It's like here's what you need to know. 
<laughs> Here's what your friends are singing. <laughs> anyway, but I would, ah, so psycho. I would study while I was rollerblading and I would carry note cards with me. So I, I would put my Walkman like in the sports bra and then I would have note cards with all the things I need to study on it. So I think about it and try to memorize stuff while I was rollerblading. Never got hurt until I did. And I once slipped so hard. I think it was on like Walnut and set, there's like a, because also Philadelphia, I love you. But it's cobblestone street. Like some of the streets are still little cobblestones. Like it's like charming and adorable if you have great health insurance, but not if you don't. And I fell. Like you know what? Have you ever like skid flown across the ground where you're just like levitating and you just like are just going? Mm -hmm. Recently, I (laughs) scraped. I scratched from my ankle all the way up to like the top of my knee. A giant. So like no skin, like you could see skin on the ground type of thing. It was like um, that asphalt that has the little uh, like you, dimples in it. You, you know, could see skin scars. on the ground. Yeah, my you shed well, your skin. Well, no, my skin. That whole top of my well, skin came like off. A little snake. <laughs> and uh, and the next day I had like a going out thing to do. I was like going to the club or whatever, and I couldn't cancel. It was the club, and I put on my. How old were you in Philadelphia? I was in college. I was nineteen, twenty. Oh, it's like you were studying and going to a club. You know what I mean? It was probably like a bowling alley. Bars. Yeah. Whatever it was, I was going out. I had my BB black pants. I had my diesel jeans that were just for going out. You I had on pants and jeans? <laughs> no, I'm telling you. These are the. There's a difference between your going out shirts and your going out pants and then your day pants. I had my BB <laughs> handkerchief top and my tube top, which was just for going out. That was just for, you know, the bowling alley. And then I, so I put on my diesel jeans. I had to go to the sink. It was very important to me. Uh, And the scab, the blood congealed with the denim. Mm. And I couldn't get them off. And I had to cut them off my body at like three in the morning, drunk on Zima. And I, t- I, tr- I like wet it. I tried to do all these things. So I just waited because I assumed it was just going to fall off like with the scab or whatever. And so I had this patch of jean on my leg. It was kind of punk rock actually. But uh, then I-, I had to go to the doctor a week later because the scab, it had like enmeshed and then I had to get it removed. You seemed fun. I was fun in college. You were fun. <laughs> do you know how hard it would have been for me to find a Michelle Branch themed skateboard? <laughs> if you would just get into the Etsy mix with me, I'm sure you could find one. But it was that's the it. 90s. <laughs> I wanted to learn how to skateboard purely for just the fantasy of it. The fantasy of going to the emergency room? Yes. <laughs> I've never been to a hospital before. Um, you would honestly be surprised at the amount of skills that I learned just for the fantasy of it. <laughs> like typing. typing. We had to type in high school. We had a class. Like it, was a, it was a required yeah. class. Yeah, I did and that. I was not at all motivated by the grades. I only wanted to type to be like Carrie Bradshaw in Sex and the City. <laughs> I was over here like, meanwhile, across town, there was no town. <laughs> Is that you? Are you someone who lives in the fantasy? I live in the fantasies. I saw Tim Burton's uh, Batman. Uh-huh. You could not tell me I was not Catwoman. When I was little, the 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 Ruby Tuesdays. I don't know the owner of Ruby Tuesdays. He had to come. Ruby. Over, he had to come. <laughs> he had to come over to my my mom, and he was like, uh, "Ma'am, is that your son on the salad bar?" I crawled onto the salad bar, and as strangers were passing the salad bar, I was going, "I don't know about you, Miss Kitty, but I'm feeling so much yummier." <laughs> right next Eating. to. Cottage cheese from the ladle. <laughs> I was eating cottage cheese from the ladle of the say, salad bar. Let me guess. You're the person that at the salad bar gets either the 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 chocolate pudding at the end was like in the cottage cheese at the end. Where I was like, who oh, are these yeah. for? I was eating with the ladle, just fully, just looking at these people dead in the eye. Seven, six years old, somewhere like that. That was my life. 
So I love the fan. Did you love the yeah, fantasies? I did. I mine are just almost too embarrassing to admit. I mean, I was more with musicians. I wanted to be Lisa Loeb so bad when that song came out that I would storm around my house and just be like stomping and like because she would just walk back and forth down a hallway. I can do that. I've got a hallway. That's one thing I do have. I don't necessarily have a giant ball to do wrecking ball. Dude, the videos in the 90s, you could do them. They were that simple. You know, mm-hmm. there was no like CGI and all that stuff. So I would storm around my house. But this is actually very recent. I I want to say f- six or five years ago, um, when I went through a really bad breakup, I would recreate the Robin video dancing on my own or it's call your girlfriend right that the one where she's the one where she's in the warehouse and it's one uncut first of all people need to know that that video robin uh call your girlfriend is one take do you know how hard that is to do it's one take and i you would, know how hard it is to do when you're doing that <laughs> and i was doing i would walk backwards you know how she like does in the video oh i know very well because me you know i got in trouble when i worked at mac because oh. I used to perform that song in the floor. When she rolls around the floor, mm-hmm. I would just be rolling around the floor, customers all around. They were like, can you please stop <laughs> doing that? And I was like, it's Robin. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Were you like the, the person at uh, your jobs that was like trying to get fired? <laughs> no, I just knew that I was valuable and they couldn't get rid of me. <laughs> There you go. Either you have, yeah. Either you want to lose a job, or you just know like, what you I'm have. I'm the fun one. <laughs> I was like, people like coming here. Remember in that show, Mash, the guy that wanted to get sent home, and he just would wear a dress all the time. It's a little before my time, but I think I've heard okay, of it. Okay, wow. <laughs> Do you remember Mash? <laughs> I don't remember. You remember the war? I just remember when I was a kid. I'd be like, why is that character in a dress? And they'd be like, oh, he wants to get sent home. And I was like, why would that get? But sent nowadays, home? promotions. <laughs> they said that is our CEO. <laughs> So we can look progressive, <laughs> but says, not work, walk mama. the walk. <laughs> I don't know. He's Tony Hawk is just the coolest in this interview. He's just cooler than ever. Yeah, we should get back to skateboarding. You're right. Oh, I think so. I think so. All these, <laughs> we, could, we could detour. All into, these people like tuning in to hear Tony Hawk talk are like, why are you guys talking about makeup and Lisa Love? Ugh, boner killer. I wanted to be like Tony Hawk so bad. I thought it was so... If I could skate, I was like, I'll be the coolest person alive if yeah. I can skateboard. But then I found out that um, he had that PlayStation game and I could just be him from the comfort of my beanbag chair. <laughs> and I'm like, work smarter, not harder. <laughs> I'm obsessed with his video game. I mean, I can't play it right now with my thumb because it's been severed open and is it deeply infected. Um... <laughs> But I, I love his video game because there's no, like, hookers that are getting murdered. You don't have to sex traffic people. You don't have to get scurvy like an Oregon Trail. Right? Oh, no. But you can dress yourself up in Tony Hawk's games. Ooh. You need to build your character. That was the that was the moment for oh, me. Oh, it was like Mr. Potato Head with buttons. Yeah. It was like, yep, Button Potato Head. <laughs> I think that's how he pitched it. Also, he was like, what if we had a game <laughs> where you're me, but also you can be a potato head and just skateboard around? And people are like, sold. <laughs> Keep making them. I also, he we talk about his new podcast. He has a podcast called Hawk versus Wolf. And no joke, it's truly one of my favorite podcasts, even before we scheduled him on the pod, because um, I can't really listen to, everyone's favorite podcasts are comedy podcasts, and that's awesome, but they're all my friends, and I have to listen to them complain about cancel culture enough when I'm not listening to their podcast. So I, I, I love listening to really smart people talk that are in a different field than me, mm. because but yeah, yeah. also, 
the podcast is super specific in a way because I thought in order to understand Tony Hawk's podcast, you're going to have to know a lot of granular stuff about skateboarding. But when you listen to it, even if you know nothing about skateboarding, it's so specific that it also becomes universal. Everything's a metaphor. It's about triumph. It's about grit. It's, you know, and when they talk about it and when they talk about like, oh, I wish I had just done that one thing that one time, it would have changed everything. You know, it's just, it's really, um, uh, it's really soothing. And I think I get out of that podcast I think what other people get out of comedy podcasts. I also think it's really refreshing to hear two men talk about things other than chasing axe wounds or being on the hunt for strange. It's nice to hear two grown men have an adult conversation that doesn't involve, you know, getting it wet, getting that whatever I don't know I love it I love hearing <laughs> I love hearing men talk about things you know they actually know about that's <laughs> pretty cool it doesn't happen a lot in podcasting no. does it uh, we also talked a lot about feedback public feedback which today manifests as negative comments and I think we've all been led to believe that we're the first generation that has ever had any public feedback or negative comments and we're these victims that all of a sudden the internet is so toxic because the negative comments that's always happened and I've been frustrated about it too where I'm like I, I can't believe that like Betty Page didn't have to deal with this Paige, she's obviously you know my mentor and um, he was talking about how when he was you know at the height of being you know the goat Thrasher magazine like someone some guest writer would write like negative things about him and the way he skates or the style of skating or something like that so it's like oh my god there was always trolling and it's actually in a way a little bit better now because if you have a negative comment you can delete it now no one will see it mm-hmm. but if you don't like what was written about you in thrasher magazine you can't just like throw away every copy you yeah, know that you was have to a- cut it out and glue it on your wall <laughs> I think that was like a door darts at it. I think it's like a different level of like imagine because also everyone was reading it and all the people in your community read it. You know, it was oh, yeah. imagine if there was a comedy magazine with negative com- and every comedian read like, comedians aren't reading my negative comments. They're leaving them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was just like it was really um, <laughs> it was just really cool to talk to someone who was at the top of their game who was like a hero this untouchable hero and then you hear him now and he was going through that he was going yeah. through all the negative comment stuff and he you know handled it with grace and class and even today wasn't talking shit about anybody he was just like rose above it rose above it and it was just kind of refreshing just to hear like oh negative feedback trolls like this has always existed it just looked different it was just in different iterations yeah. it's it's i mean we used to um remember in school when you'd sign casts oh, that wow. was like the first comment section we've had this basically yeah, i comments- used to break my arms just for friends <laughs> I think it's important to say to everybody watching this, listening to this, that if you are a hardcore skate fan and have never listened to this podcast before and are just listening for Tony Hawk, uh, do not worry. It's not going to be me being like, what's a what's an ollie flip? Like, what's a turnaround in the pool or whatever? I have one of my best friends in the world, Kevin Christie brilliant comedian uh he was on an actor on he was on masters of sex he's a brilliant brilliant artist he's incredible he just had his paintings on display in new york whatever he's like has real exhibits he's like a very like real exhibits like like (laughs) yeah exactly and um and he knows i mean he has an encyclopedic knowledge about skate history the i mean the most obscure of obscure and he actually has a show called sticker album where he just goes through and gets granular about a certain 
skateboard sticker. Like it's really all, interesting. It's it's actually fascinating, and it was really cool to watch him. Uh, come show Tony Hawk some of the stickers and kind of like blow Tony's mind. He was like, whoa, I haven't seen one of those. Like, it's, it's really cool to watch. Whether you know a lot about skating or not, it doesn't matter. It was just, it was really cool to see such a specific conversation and, and them so bonded and Yeah, the that. connection is really cool to watch. Yeah, yeah, So anybody listening, if you're not a fan of me, don't panic. Uh, it's really fascinating. Yeah. And I, I made sure I didn't ask uh, all the questions. And I don't even be there, so you lucked out. <laughs> um, so I ask him questions about life and philosophy and marriage and parenting. Emily even said uh, that she didn't know anything about skateboarding. And, and she still was, doesn't. And... <laughs> She was like, this is one of my favorite episodes, and I don't know anything about skateboarding. So it's cool, I think, on a lot of levels. I'm really proud of it. I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that the conversation that we had when Kevin Christie came in with all the stickers might be the most comprehensive conversation slash discussion about skateboarding history ever. Oh. At least recorded. And have we done a lot of research into this? No. Oh. But why well, are then you, I believe it too. Why are you? I'm sorry. This is the QAnon network. We don't research just, anything. You know what? In a couple of years, we'll, we'll, we'll circle Since back to this. Since when do any podcast hosts research anything they say? You're I'm, taking the fun out of it. The whole point of a podcast, you just say something, and then you'll find out in the comments later if you're a racist or not. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, in that case... Well, let's shut up because everyone wants to get Tony Hawk. We have a couple announcements to get out of the way. The great Taylor Tomlinson, myself, and uh, one Benton Ray are going to be in Reno this Friday, like in two days, July 23rd, we're going to be at the Grand Sierra Resort. Come see how grand it is. It's your last chance to see this very odd co-headlining thing. I mean, yeah, it was a strange time. We both, yeah, fun. Taylor so and I, I love her. She's like a sister to me. And during the pandemic, we're like, let's do shows together outside. And this was one that just kept getting canceled and canceled. And now we're like, this is weird, kind of weird. That you know, it's like almost people like, will love it. It's like it's like having um a uh, uh, vacation planned. And then you break up with the person. You're like, should we still go? Even though we're broken up, it's non-refundable. It's almost like that. <laughs> Ew, why would you do that? I'm just saying. I've done that before. I'm like, ah, let me just wait to break up with this person. I know he cheated, but we have this room booked, and it's it's not it's not refundable. Like, trust me. Um, what should we do in Reno, though? Should we do other oh, stuff? Uh, I think we should solve crimes. Okay. I heard they have some crimes, and I have little knowledge uh -huh. and no leads. <laughs> But you got moxie. But I got moxie. And that's all that matters. And you're... I got determination, and I know the sunset's in the West. And Benton, you guys might... I mean, if you do need a couple citizens' arrests made, we're your guy. Because... Oh, I would love to do a citizen's arrest. Because it's honestly... I do it all the but time. I want to do it for something... Like, I want you to be like, hey, hey! You know, putting that buggy back where it goes. <laughs> citizens arrest. We're also going to come do some LOLs for you in Sin City herself, Las Vegas, on August 7th at the Mirage. You know, they tell me that most of the tickets that are sold in Vegas are the day of. The day of? Yeah. That makes sense. People are just drunk. Especially at like, Mirage. You don't even know if it's real or not. You're like, is that Mirage? Uh, <laughs> no, but it's like a lot of it is the it. week of because they just see your photo places and like they just waste it and they're like, oh, look, Joan Rivers is here. Great. And it's me. I'll you take know, like, it. Is that when you come in? I wonder if she sets herself on fire. I'm very excited because you know what they say. What happens in Vegas gets seen at the urgent care in Vegas.
That is true. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, and then the Touch Me Tour, as you guys know, because I have to post about it constantly to the point of being obnoxious. Uh, first leg of the Touch Me Tour is approaching. I'm going to be in very many cities. You guys keep asking me how to buy tickets. I don't know <laughs> if you're Amish. I don't know if you're... Like I don't know. Is it, can Mormon people have? You don't want to touch us that bad. I don't. It's just. It's how do I get tickets? Like, uh, you bring your uh, brick of gold to the uh, yeah, well, ticketing first, office. Like, for, how do you think? First, you're gonna find a bridge under it. There'll be a troll. <laughs> He'll have a riddle. You can answer that riddle. Yeah, people are like I guess, people are like I guess I just have to wait outside to find a scalper to buy tickets from. I'm like <laughs> it's just if you know my name, just put a dot com on the end of it, and all the information is laid out for ya. Uh, Pointe Vedra, Pointe, Ponte, Pointe Vedra. Maybe part of the reason that um, everyone's so confused about where I'm going to be is because I can't pronounce any of the cities. <laughs> They're like, where are you going to be? Pointe Vedra. Yeah, I'm going to be at Pointe Verda. <laughs> Ponte Verda, Florida. Pont, what is it? Ponte. Ponte. Pon, I'm really bad at things like that. She's going to be a Ponte and Veranda concert <laughs> hall. Uh, at the Ponte Vedra concert hall on September 10th. September 10th. Mm, and I know what you guys are thinking, you Floridians out there that find Jesus in your toast every morning. This is a Friday night. How am I supposed to start binge drinking for Saturday's Jacksonville Jaguars games if I'm at Whitney's show laughing it up, peeing my pantaloons? Well... Maybe Pee my Pontes. <laughs> That's not the only way I'm going to remember it now. My Ponte Verdes. <laughs> you may not be able to see the Jaguars, but you can come see this cougar with a case of June shine in my green room <laughs> fridge instead. Go like an ad. <laughs> Please come support, uh, if nothing else, because I'm going to need some emotional support because the next night we're in... Clearwater, Florida. Home of Scientology. And you, and you know, I mean, I... I am shocked I'm not in Scientology. I, You know I love an expensive cult. And yeah, you, me. I'm shocked I'm not in there either because I live ruining lives. <laughs> and I mean, I spent years in SoulCycle. I mean, I have spent <laughs> so much money on bullshit. I am shocked that Scientology has not got their hooks in me yet. I always worry. I'm like, am I not famous enough? How come they're not? <laughs> no, they're just like, we don't want that. They're like, <laughs> she has too many questions. And also, they're very anti-psychiatry, I think. And I am... A psychiatrist. And they hate jokes. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Basically, a licensed. I'm pretty sure humor's not high on the list of. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't virtues. know about that. They do have great brunch. Um, oh. Anyway, I'm doing two shows there. Scientologists, you are welcome. Uh, I we will welcome you wholeheartedly. I know a lot of people in Hollywood don't like you. I don't judge. I've made a lot of bad decisions too. <laughs> two whole shows. Mm-hmm. We are doing two shows. Saturday, September 11th. Uh, never forget the tickets are available oh at WhitneyCummings.com for the Capitol Theater in Clearwater. I've also been told that this is the greater Tampa area. If you want to drive here from other places, greater Tampa area. Yeah. And also make a better September 11th memory. <laughs> this is a, you want a happier I memory? Come to this bad. show. <laughs> when you're done celebrating, come over yeah. uh, to Do you want to see show. another tragedy? <laughs> <laughs> Come to Clearwater, Florida. <laughs> we have a pack of these. You don't know what's going to happen. You want to see this brick house fall? If I can find a... No, can't say that. I'll be on a list. <laughs> I also love that you had your drink ready for when you killed whatever that joke was. Oh, no, I didn't start that. But that's comedians, though. <laughs> comedians, we we have our drink ready. If you ever watch a comedian on stage live, which you will see very soon in Clearwater. Oh, yeah, that's me when I'm trying to like, what's my next show? When you're so sure something's going to kill that you're like, and I'll drink to that. 
have to wait for these claps to be <laughs> over. <laughs> what am I gonna do? It's so boring. Comedians are the only people in the world that when something is going good for them, they're still like, I, I wanna talk right now. <laughs> Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you laugh faster? Can you I'm trying to tie more things to say. You, have to, you guys, I haven't talked in 10 seconds. Can you stop clapping, please? <laughs> but if you don't clap, it's like, what's wrong with you guys? It's so, literally you know, the, only, the only job in the world where you're like, no, no, I was, I have more things to say. And they're like, no, we like it. And it's like, shh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but also, please laugh. <laughs> I know. And then when they yell, I love you, like security removes them. <laughs> yeah, I love you. Get them. Get them out. Get them out of here right now. Love you, Shayba. <laughs> <laughs> I know. you. Uh, comedians, people, mental disorder. people really need to remember this when they're listening to comedians on podcasts, because that's it is ubiquitous these days. It's, there's we'll, We're miserable either way. Cancel culture. If people weren't trying to cancel us, people would go, how come no one's offended by that joke? It was supposed to be an offensive joke. Yes. Like, why aren't they mad about it? Like, you know, I need we're to We're clowns. We want you to laugh, but also be a little scared. No. Or you cannot win with us either way. Uh, which is why so many people want to marry me. The weekend after... Ow! Oh, fuck. Sorry, we're going to get demonetized. I, you guys, I do have this giant gash in my finger and I gesticulate so much and this is a vintage... You have a cut in your finger? <laughs> Oh, did you guys know? <laughs> I, but I need people to understand this is a vintage, vintage thrasher hoodie that I will not put in the dryer. I hang dry it so it's like it's like sandpapery. And oh. I just hit my open wound on it and I get no sympathy. That's a good sale. This this hoodie is sandpapery. <laughs> I'm this not selling shirt, it. Oh, it's rough. <laughs> I'm bleeding right now. Can we please get to the next city that I don't know how to yeah, pronounce? Yeah, the weekend after Clearwater we're going to where? You go, get, tell me. Miami, okay. <laughs> that was okay. Miami, okay. That was great. I was okay. September 18th. <laughs> we're in Oklahoma. But just know the Buffalo Run Casino where we're performing uh, is very close to Joplin, Missouri, Tulsa, Oklahoma, where a lot of my aunts live who disown me. Maybe they'll come to the show. Now they're uh, going to move. <laughs> so how about you guys come to the show? Even if you're not super close by, hop in one of the many cars parked on your lawn and <laughs> <laughs> drive your lawnmower there. <laughs> All my aunts have like four cars on their lawn in Oklahoma. It's like a thing. That's lawn decoration. It's like a museum. It's an automotive museum of all the cars they've ever drove. Yeah. $20. I'll yeah. show you these cars. <laughs> this is where the grasshoppers live. This one's live. a Kia Soul. I can't move this. This is where we keep the ladybugs. Uh, this is ladybugs house. So specific. That's some shit I would do. That is so specific. Well, no, I had it. I have like Smell a. Smell that? It's ladybug. I have a trash can that's upside down that I really need to use, but I opened it and there were like lizards underneath it living in it. And I was like, oh, I guess that's your house now. Oh my God, you're home. Yeah, you squatted in your. That's your house. I'm so sorry. Sorry. They put you right back in Fern Gully. I'm sorry. Um, then what? We're going to another city whose name, I, if I pronounce it, I'm going to get in so much trouble because I was just told that you can't pronounce this the way that I normally do. Saint Louis Obispo. I love this place. It is gorgeous. And I just learned that people there just say slow. Slow California. How how do you, why do you get, how do you pronounce it to get in trouble? Because so, okay, so Russell Brand I guess went to Saint Louis Obispo once and called it Saint Louis. They don't like that. Okay, Russell Brand. Okay, you know feels what like I, we're setting him up for failure with the accent. And I know, I know. Okay, okay. That's it feels a, like you guys are making impossible standards here. I did. Just got I got a very aggressive DM that I'm not pronouncing this right, and I don't want to disrespect. So like somebody's personality is based around where they live. <laughs> We're going to be playing the Fremont Theater on September 24th. Um, Benton, didn't you say that it wasn't it the happiest city in America? It was well, voted. 
No, we get there. <laughs> we'll remember we'll that. <laughs> you want to see a dark cloud coming? That's us. It's funny to me because they're like, this is the happiest city. I guess it was like voted in some poll or something, but they're also a huge wine country town. I mean, their wine is their thing. That's I, why I, they're so slow. <laughs> who votes on the happiest city in America? You know who votes on something like that? Happy people. Yeah, bored people. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. If you want to ask, if you were asked, if you asked, me, what's the happiest city in America? I'd be like, none of them. The rent <laughs> is so expensive. Minimum wage. Where? I know. Imagine someone going door to door, being like, "Are you happy in the city?" <laughs> I'd be like, "You? Why are you knocking I on my was door?" Until someone knocked on my door to ask me yeah, about I it. I was until you heard, until you threatened Whose me. Whose study was this? Like, who? What organization? The keyboard elves. Uh, <laughs> Nobody else cares about who's happy. Then on October one. I will be in another city. God, we are only playing cities that are really tongue twisters. This is not good for two people with dyslexia yeah, and, and, speech, and speech impediments. <laughs> On October 1, uh, we will be at Mashantucket, Connecticut. Mashantucket. Mashantucket. Marsha. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> playing the Fox Theater at Foxwoods Resort and Casino. Uh, if you are from Rhode Island, if you're from Connecticut, we are also going to do the Ridge uh, Field Playhouse. That's in Connecticut somewhere, too. But what are, I don't know. What are you called? What are they called if you're a Connecticuter? A Connecticutter? Connecticutter. <laughs> I'm a Connecticutter. In high school, Connecticutter. <laughs> also, the Foxwoods has a waterfall in the lobby. It is a giant casino that is gorgeous. It is like Damn. Narnia. I'm upset. There's a big waterfall. So Benton and I are going to recreate the TLC waterfalls video in the lobby and uh, just as, as much as we can until they ask us to. Yeah, until leave. we drown. Uh, <laughs> I need more. Get your sec. tickets quick. You know what I think the opposite vibe of Connecticut is? Connecticutter? Anywhere else. Milwaukee. 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 What a wild name. It's just such a great name. I'm going to come. I'm going to eat some cheese curds. Isn't that what they do? Cheese curdles. Come eat some yummy What'd mold. You call me? <laughs> I'm going to come eat that delicious mold on November 4th in true Wisconsin form. I will be playing a lovely venue called the pa- Pabst Theater. Pat's Blue Ribbon. Pat's Blue Ribbon. I love Pat's Blue Ribbon. <laughs> That's Pat's? Peb. Pabst. I call I call her Petey. Um, I love her. I drink her with a straw. I am such a, I am a, because it's got, made like a weird comeback with hipsters too now. Oh yeah. That's how I found out about it. Yeah. People I didn't like were drinking and I said, I'm going to take this over. <laughs> I'm going to fix this problem. Our show at the Borgata in Atlantic City, November 6th is sold out. We're a bunch of sellouts, Benton. Yuck. I Gross. <laughs> But if you could not get tickets in time for the Atlantic City show, um, it's a very close drive to go to Foxwoods on October 1st, the Wilbur in Boston on October 2nd. We are doing two shows there. And just FYI, I need to go back and have good shows in Boston because the last time I was there, I had a great set. And right at the freaking end... I was doing a sports joke about um, Patriots fans because Patriots fans are so intense and I've dated a couple Patriots fans and it is a lifestyle and a job as, at the same time. And I, I said something because Patriots fans, when they watch games, they wear jerseys. Like they wear the jersey mm-hmm. and in, the fantasy. in their brains, it's like they truly feel like they could get drafted at any moment at 45 years old like every time the phone rings they think it's Bill Belichick calling to be like hey dude we got a guy down we need you saw you in that lazy boy <laughs> looking pretty good 
yeah, heard you had some big opinions. In Nevada, I dated this guy who was a Patriots fan, and for whatever reason, every time I came in and sat on the arm of the couch, because I could only pop in and out because I was working on something at the time, so I'd pop in, pop out. For whatever reason, whenever I sat on this part of the couch, they would win. And there's a lot of superstition. And if I wore this shirt, they won last time when I wore that. They think they're like beaming. They they think that something. Straight boy astrology. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that's really funny. And so we broke up. A year later, it's football season again. And he called me. Again? Like, every year? Every year. It's an annual thing. Oh, I my hear. God. He calls me up. And he's like, I know this is awkward. He was very sheepish in his voice. He was like, the Patriots are playing tonight. Could you come sit on the couch? Just for a couple hours hey I know this is awkward but can you come spit in my lap because that seems to be like the thing you just, people are just lying they're just making things up can we just make out can you just come back over here and let me put uh, myself inside you just it's only yeah. for the pay- it's just can I put a fan. peanut butter on your titties just, <laughs> let's get married I need the Patriots to win um, anyway so the point is I said the Boston Patriots I was like is the Boston and then Everyone was like, everyone started groaning, and that is like a sin. Wait, what are they? They're the New England Patriots. Oh. I said the Boston. Come see me get drafted. And then we're going to be at Ridgefield, Connecticut, October 8th. We're doing two shows. We have a a second show. I guess I'm just Sean Connery now. Come see me redeem myself (laughs) in Boston, and then come to the Ridgefield Playhouse. I kind of want to shoot a special there. But maybe I'll do it in one of my favorite... Favy cities on the planet. I'm just gonna start leaning into all my, my favies. All my stutters. I'm just gonna turn into words. I can't stop anymore. I'm just doing it. Uh, Seattle. We are sold out at the Neptune Theater. That is surreal. December fourth. We are adding a show. Tickets go on sale for the Late Show uh, now. They're on sale now. Go get them. So says this. These words that I'm reading. But just FYI, if you texted me on Community. You would have been the first to know about this. And I wouldn't have to do these long announcements uh, where I hit my thumb against myself and re-traumatize and reopen it again and get it infected. So can you please mm-hmm. just text me? I'm begging you. I send secret photos every now and then that I don't put on social media. Birthday, every day you get a little video for your birthday from me. We should make some more too. They're like, more photos? More photos. <laughs> Well, you're telling me you're going to send me more photos. <laughs> you can also leave us voicemails at 818-538-9940. It would be super cool if you guys like had something to say when you call. But here's the thing. Benton, we went through the voicemails the other day. Benton was not happy about that. Yeah, they, it, Benton it, is disappointed. I and, am disappointed. I'm disappointed. It, it, if you're going to call, you know you're calling. You know you're calling. Have something to say. You can't just call and be like, uh, uh, um, uh, I'm so, uh, do you, uh, nice boobs, and then hang the phone up. Okay? Well, I think that people probably... We, perk up. Well, perk Get it up. together. Perk up. First and foremost. Anyways, leave a voicemail. 818-538-9940. And They're, nail it. Script it out. Yeah, write well, it down. Here's the thing. If you want to ask us questions, we will answer them. I want to do a whole podcast episode where we answer everybody's questions, but we're not getting questions. We're getting weird, like, drunk. Yeah, like, you can't just breathe calls. in the phone. <laughs> we're not getting clear, cogent questions. We're just getting, like, cries for help. Yeah, rambling. It's like, a, it's just nonsense. And maybe speaking is not your thing. Okay? <laughs> it's maybe, not our thing. Maybe you're not great at it. So you can also email it a, e- email to us. See? See? This is why I don't leave voicemails. I don't leave voicemails. Email, you can also 
Okay, let's do that again. So, maybe no, speaking no. is not your thing, but um, you can also, you know, leave us, uh, you can go to goodforyoufans at gmo.com. You can send us videos, songs. You can type out your questions. You can ask for advice that way. You can leave comments, concerns. You can send us pictures. I love you guys. Like, subscribe. Hit the notification bell if so you, you by know. The way, if you haven't done it by now, you never will. So I'm not talking to you. The, there's a ton of merch on the website. People are saying that a lot of the merch is out, but I... Yes, so you guys know some of the merch is being phased out. Out for new merch. Oy. We can't. I mean, we we're, we're not Dillard's. We can't just stockpile this stuff forever. It sells out. We had we new, we're on to the new thing, the next thing. Dillard's did pretty did well. Why don't we keep them? We're not the Dillard's. What? what I'm not saying why. Oh, I'm sorry. You don't want to be a billionaire. Limited. It's limited. Why? It is exclusive. It is of the moment, of the time. But what do people? How like big it? you think the warehouse is? I don't. It, I've been there. It's huge. But it's full of other people's stuff, too. Okay, but what can it be okay, ours? Okay, listen, the point is, when the merch comes out, get it, because it's going to be gone. Okay. That's how the merch works. That's well, how Benton the collections work. Well, in that And in that's that area. how it is. Also, we need to, I need to, this is very important. You guys need to like, comment, subscribe, and share. But also, please make sure that on our YouTube and our Instagram, you're hitting the bell notification, so you're getting, your, we're getting your algorithm. So the bell, I don't even know what that means. That's the little bell. It looks like a bell. Under the video. I love you guys. Uh, enjoy Tony Hawk. I am so proud of this one. And uh, everybody pray that we can get him back so I can show him this cool <laughs> Thrasher sweatshirt. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to watch though. <laughs> don't ride elephants, just skateboards. good for you it's a big day this is a really big thank day. you you know that i i you were one of the first people i ever wanted to have when i decided or gave into doing a podcast that's i always say i gave into it because I, <laughs> I i love podcasting i know you're so good at it oh, I've been, thank I, you. yes i just i just listened to um a couple episodes of your new podcast um uh, hawk and wolf and i believe we're very close and it's unfounded and probably awkward. And frankly, um, it's just weird how close I think we are after me listening to your podcast for four hours. I, no, I believe that. I believe that we're close. I just want to say that because the idea of podcasting like that I've been so fraught about for so long. And I know you had radio show for so long. And like just the idea of we do this other skill. Now we're going to talk for three hours. And um listening to your podcast to me was like the best version of what podcasts are capable of. The idea of this guy who's a hero who so few people get to have access to. Like this person that changed all of our lives in such a big way and has been ubiquitous and like um, and so influential. The idea that like I can just sit in my car and listen to him shoot the <laughs> shit for three hours? Oh, thank you. For free? I think it was that both Jason and I we've just had such a wealth of experiences and at some point it was like we should just get together and Tell her, you know, shoot the shit. And, and and I know that something he says is going to trigger something that I went through and then what he went through. And, and he, you know, we we had somewhat polar opposite life experiences, but we both were pro skaters and our lives did intersect quite a bit. So we have, we run the spectrum. I have so much to get to, but I'm fascinated by, so skateboarding, first I'd like to say that my experience with it, because I feel like you probably do a lot of interviews with people that know so much and want to geek out, and a lot of people that know nothing, you know, that are like, what's it like to roller skate? That don't know any... Yeah. To me, I'm from, uh, gr I grew up in D.C., and the D.C. skate scene uh, in the, at least for me, I guess it was early 90s, that's how young I was like, you know, uh, when I was exposed to it, I know it was going on before I was born, but that I very much attribute to why I didn't go down the path of like pretty serious drug use because addiction runs in my family and the, for whatever reason, the graffiti and skate scene that I was like messing around in uh, was straight edge. 
Oh, DC, hardcore, yeah. yeah, of course. And the whole thing was, it's not cool to do drugs, don't do drugs. And I was doing yeah. drugs, and then you I like- You X's on your hands? Yeah, too? dude, three X's everywhere, <laughs> MXPX, like I was like, that was my shit. And it oh, was totally cool. by accident mm-hmm. that I, that the coolest scene ever was glorifying don't do drugs. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I was just got access to all these drugs, now I can't do it, like, all right. And I just like, it, it, so I, my experience with, with skate is very much like the, the um, the good kids that are like straight and alert. It's <laughs> yes, totally. And then just learning, oh, if you want to do something really hard and challenging that takes a lot of like discipline and repetition and uh, the ability to focus, like you don't do drugs. It's gonna you're not gonna be able to do this you know, fly off this building on this four wheeled thing. Right. And that got in my brain early. Um, I think I, I I my experience was more that I had friends that were my age maybe a little older and I saw when they would get into partying how much it affected their skating and I only wanted to get good at skating I only wanted to get better at skating and I saw I was like I, I'm not doing that because I see how they you know kind of they're starting to their skills are fading and they're less interested in it and that was heartbreaking to me mm-hmm. and I just thought I, I gotta I got to stay do this like this is my thing. Can I ask this question? And this question might come off weird, but I'm I'm really obsessed with the idea of like positive addictions. Like we all have addictions, you know what I mean? And just the idea of like watching so many people when I was younger that could have whether you get to pick your addiction or not, but when I saw people addicted to skating, like Oh, they, I was absolutely I still am. Do um, you have to be in order to be a I, pro I, skater? Maybe a bit, but but maybe not so obsessively like <laughs> I was. I, I I think what happened was Early on, I learned a trick that no one had done before. It was it, it was pretty my. I mean, it was it really was meaningless in the grand scheme of things. But to me, it was like I I did a thing that has never been done, and I created it. And that buzz that I felt is what I've been chasing. It's like the first hit. It's just all I've been chasing the whole time. And and even today, I still learn some new tricks and I get the same feeling when I land it. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> but then I was listening to you talk about, and this is so fascinating to me because a lot of times people meet me after stand-up shows or whatever and they're like, hey, let's party. And I'm like, I'm I'm not in like a festive, fun mood, <laughs> yes. especially after I shoot specials because I have so much resentment toward the amount of time it took to do that. Like when I get off stage after a special, I'm just like, fuck this job, fuck Delta, fuck Hilton Honors, <laughs> fuck everyone who, fought. like just because it's been eight months of trying mm-hmm. to get it perfect. And when I find do get it perfect whatever that means it's not like yay let's celebrate it's like it's a relief instead of a celebration yeah I think well that that labor can just get exhausting yeah and then at some point the goal is not even feels like it's not even worth it but it still has to be met so because skateboarding is such a singular, I mean, it's a very singular sport. It, yeah. it is and it is. You know what I mean? I'm obsessed with the difference between like improv and stand up, the difference between like, uh, 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 what is it? Couples tennis and team tennis, yeah. Mon- monogamous tennis, doubles, doubles <laughs> and regular, whatever. Swingers, swingers, yeah, swingers tennis. <laughs> twins tennis. What is the Doubleman twins? Is that who they did, made it for them? What, like the idea of being able to think quickly involving another person or I'm a lone wolf, you know? Yeah. And stand-up is very solitary. Like, Mm -hmm. I will find myself, even when I'm, like, moving around boxes in the house with my boyfriend, he's like, do you need help? I'm like, no, 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 it's just better if I do all of it. (laughs) Just trust me. Like, I just, that's how, even if collaborating will make it faster, my brain (laughs) just never wired that way for whatever reason. As a kid, being alone a lot, whatever, having to keep myself entertained. Doing a podcast with someone whose brain is so singular, you know, is it ever, I mean, you guys have such amazing chemistry, is it ever like... Um, 
I well, I mean, our, just in terms of my relationship with Jason, he and I have known each other for. 35 years or so and Mm -hmm. toured for a good four or five solid years and had our own show on Sirius XM. So we know each other really well and we know how to, how to have a good cadence. Um, but I think in terms of skating, I love skating with people, Yeah, but I am solely focused on my goal or my task in hand or whatever I'm doing. It's just enjoyable to have that camaraderie. And, um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it any other way. Like, I don't want to just go to the ramp alone. Right. That kind of sucks. You know, sometimes I do just because I'm like, oh, I got to work this out in my head and maybe I'll go try it a few times, but Mm -hmm. I cannot get that fired up. Yeah. And I certainly am not going to go like do something brand new all alone with no one around. And then, so is that, is how big, uh, you know, I was just asking Kevin about this, like how big of a role does the audience play in your number one ability to focus uh, like having a good kind of pressure. Like I was, I was, um, before we started, I was telling him I did yesterday this, like, is it wakeboarding when I did? It was a, a surfboard on the back of a boat. Yeah. Wakeboarding or wake surfing. Wake surfing. Right. Yeah. Which is basically, I just, all I had to do was like do a squat. And when the boat pulled forward, I just had to stand up and not right. overthink it. Yeah. And I overthink things. And my brain is always about like, how do I entertain these people? Not how do I do the best of anyone that's ever done this? Cause I'm never, no one. So how are you, how do you entertain someone when you're, you're trying to wakeboard your blood? Do you just hold on to the rope regardless of what happens? And you let just yourself... try to fall funny. Okay. That's I, so what... <laughs> everyone's like, get up. And I'm like, all I'm thinking about is how to fall funny. Funny, okay. so that everybody laughs and I was like no you have to pull this way I'm like no then I'd get up right. I don't want to get up they've seen all the falls yes though. go to YouTube if you want to watch a good yeah, one no one's yeah. going to see me and be like whoa like even at my best she fell the best I can't, that's the only place I can win here <laughs> I will okay. never be the best wake surfer but I could be the funniest Okay, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I see that. No one's drafting Mm -hmm. me. Like, no one's, like, interested. Like, Tropicana's not calling me for a sunscreen endorsement. I think you also have to realize, it's not that they want a funny fall... If they, if you're gonna fall and you're gonna make it count, it's got to be carnage. You have to hurt yourself. You have to hurt yourself. That's when you're gonna go viral. (laughs) Or have taken the biggest risk. Yeah. And then the biggest uh, slam. That's it. Yes, that that's that's how you're going to be successful in their eyes. Okay, so I can't be the funniest or the best. So okay, there's no no so there's no place for me in wakeboarding. <laughs> what I'm learning, I, I, but I did, I did the same show, and and I think more. They just want to see, uh, they want to see a minor success on your part to happen during their show. Right. That's all they care about. Which is so interesting because I realized a lot about my brain because I had to go after you, which following. Tony Hawk on a show about <laughs> being on a thing you have to stand sideways on is really kind of daunting. So they're like, oh yeah, Tony Hawk was just here. And I was like, oh fuck you got like, why am <laughs> I thought this was like celebrities that knew nothing about sports play sports. Like this is so embarrassing. But, um, but I get there and they were telling me all about what you were doing and how you were like trying to land a trick. And I was like, oh, so he yeah. showed up and like tried. I was just like goofing off making camel toe jokes. Cause we were all in wetsuits. And I was like, oh, like you showed up to someone else's show but that's the but that's the flavor you bring is that you get to, you get to bring camel toe jokes. I they weren't looking that they weren't looking from me. Yeah. For that. But do you ever feel this cuz I was thinking about you and I was like, "Oh my god, I get to do the show and just screw around and jump into the water and like not and the only time I the only reason I did stand up on that thing which was kind of amazing. I don't know if it was just way easier than I thought it was cuz I tend to overcomplicate things or if I did do a good job or something, but I only stood up so the host of the show was proud of himself and didn't feel like the day was a disappointment. 
<laughs> that was I, nice of you. But I didn't want to do You're it. You're a team player. I didn't need to do it. I don't care. Like, I didn't care. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm up. This is so fun. The whole time I was up, I was just like, I'm going to fall soon. Like, you know what I'm saying? There was, yes. there's no, when, if you don't yeah. have the skill for it, mm-hmm. if you start doing something like that, you're just like, which one of my knees am I going to lose today? Like you just start like racking your brain for your insurance plan. I feel like on the flip side of that, if I go up and try to do improv or comedy, maybe I will just take a spectacular slam on stage. You know what? As entertainment. You know what? Here's what I'll say. that Because you do have a nephew who's a comedian? Yes. Right? Yeah. Have you ever... Try. No, no, I was not. I was not I, trying to. No, I know. This is okay. You want to be a comedian, so I, I, what's this whole rigmarole about you having a podcast? Let's make you a stand-up comedian. I know what you're here for. <laughs> but I do think there's something about perf- you are a performer and entertainer the most when you're doing something alone, practicing alone versus having an audience. And I do well. Let's put it this way. I, I enjoy having audience um, and definitely it will give me more incentive and fire me up more to, to try Get riskier it. stuff or bigger tricks. Yeah. Um, and but I'd also do enjoy not the solitude, but just the, the, the mellowness of of having the freedom to just bounce ideas and, and fall and fall a lot to, mm-hmm. to try to get to, to some new technique or maneuver. Yeah. But when I'm in sort of demo mode, what I like to call it, I stick with, I kind of hit play the hits. I Mm -hmm. I stick with the tricks I know I'm going to make for the crowd and then maybe start to breach a little bit more risky stuff. And some, you know, and if, but if it's just a crazy scene and they're just fired up, it's like, all right, we're, this is the day that something big is going to happen. Um, cause I owe it to them. I, I'm Tony, like, how are you ever able to forget that you're Tony Hawk? I mean, no one else will. So you, I guess can't, but are you ever somewhere? And like the, every time someone comes in, it's like added pressure to deliver on these people's uh, expectations. Yeah, I, I'd say that the, the example of that is <clears throat> if I go to a skate park, cause I, I just go to some skate parks. It's like chaos. Well, if I, if I, if we're traveling, definitely I want to, I want to check out the local parks. And yeah. if I go to a park, people expect me to perform magic. They expect to see all the craziest moves they've seen me do on TV or on video. Um, and I'm just happy to cruise around some new terrain and, and check out what they have. And, yeah. and a lot of times it's like, what, why isn't he flying? Around? What, why won't he flip and spin? And why isn't he flying? He fell. <laughs> it's, you know, it's that kind of thing. I, 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 you know, I take it, I, I, I take it in stride, but at the same time, it is a little frustrating because I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm disappointing you. Yeah. I'm just trying to have fun. Yeah. I, like, and there's also something sort of interesting about that, that pressure and whether it makes you better. I think, you know, because skateboarding, from what I understand, and this is also what, how you become good as a stand-up, but we hide our attempts. Like, there's something so fascinating to me about, I remember when, when um, I was just developing as sort of an, a, a teenager and I was seeing skateboarding on TV and all my, you know, the crew I was in, all they were doing was watching these, like, skateboarding. They get one, like, VHS tape of a thing and we just watch it over and over again. I was just trying to, like, you know, get a boyfriend, but I did uh, so I was pretending that I knew what I was looking at. But, um, but it's one of the only things where you reveal all of the for lack of a better word, like failures, like here's all the attempts. Mm -hmm. So no one's like, Oh, they just, you, you have a record of how hard it was to achieve. So it wasn't just this magical thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we tend to leave that out for the most part, but, uh, I like to show that process, especially now. And with the freedom of doing it on your own terms, like with social media and to show that 
well, basically the, the, the difficulty factor and the, and the, the, pain and the frustration you went through to get there that's yeah. really more what i like to show i don't i don't want i'm not going to i'm not going to bore people with endless bales because some some tricks that i've done they've taken days weeks months to get and i'm not going to show that, the entire process but a few spectacular attempts is always fun have you ever given up on one yeah yeah i actually just gave up on one like, like <laughs> a couple weeks ago and then when you do that is it a very conscious effort of like look i could probably do this if i kept going or are you like, there is a issue with the trick in itself? Or are you like, I, I just don't need to do this anymore like, um, to myself? I feel like it was a combination of all three. But, but I, I think that, that part of me was like, why didn't I think of this 20 years ago? <sighs> because my body and my timing would have been much more in tune for this exact thing. And now it's just kind of slower. And that slow does not work for, for what I'm trying to do. And so... I think the other thing is I never got so close that I could taste it. Like I got semi close. Uh, interesting. But I never got to the point where I was like, that was it. I had it. It was always like, oh, I almost had my feet in the right place. I'm obsessed with your intuition because it took me a long time to learn um, that, especially when the stakes are kind of high. If I'm going to do stand up, there are times I'm like, I'm just not feeling. I could go up there and absolutely say a bunch of jokes that would do well, but I'm like, something's off. And then I go on stage. It would be weird. It wouldn't be as good. I'd leave feeling like shit, like someone important would be there, whatever. I was listening to you in an interview talk about how you were shooting a gap, an ad for gap. Yeah. And you did this crazy. Yeah. Broke my elbow. But you did it once and they missed the trick. Yeah. Right. And they said, can you just do it again? And you knew something was off. Um, I just felt like I, I got lucky that first time making it so well. Yeah. And I was really hyping myself up for that one. And then when I got it done, it was like, yes, that's it. And then when they said we didn't get it in my head, I was like, I don't know if I have that one again. So what, so should you, in your mind, is it is like, sh is that a mental game of, oh, I don't have it because I'm saying I don't have it. If I just say I have it, I will have it. Like, um, what's the psychology behind going, I, I know I've got this? I didn't this. let them into the internal process. <laughs> I, I was, at that moment in my life, I really, I, I needed the money. I needed, like, I yeah, needed yeah. that commercial pretty badly uh, in terms of paying my mortgage. And so I was just, I was a worker bee. Like, yes, that's what you need. Okay, I'll do it again. No problem. You know, it was just like, here we go. And then I uh, miscalculated a little bit and broke my elbow um, and my first thought and this is pretty sad but my first thought when I knew that it was mm -hmm. broken I knew I wasn't going to be able to shoot anymore was I hope they got something of me to use in the commercial because back then you didn't get paid a lot to do commercials you got paid from residuals because mm, yeah. this was in 97, 98 mm -hmm. and so it was just like oh please I hope they got something of me so I can get can residuals from this commercial <laughs> To pay for this fucking elbow from yeah. the gap, the gap in my fucking did. arm. And they did. So uh, it all worked out. Do you have any like psychological tricks of like you're having an off day or you're having, a, you know, and you see someone, you know, like how do you keep your brain focused? And I, I'm so easily distracted. Like the tiniest thing can like sort of throw me like what is your like because uh, obviously for an athlete of your caliber, you're just as much like your mental fortitude and sort of ability to calculate and keep yourself under control is how much of it would you say? Um, it's quite a bit. I think that when I am going to skate, especially if I'm just going, well, there, I have different approaches because if I'm just going to skate to practice, just sort of stay in tune, 
I have a few ideas maybe when I get there that think, oh, maybe I should try this trick again just to have it back in the back in the arsenal. And I know right away when I start skating if I'm a little off. And so how do you know? Um, I can just tell with with how my body's moving, how I'm landing, um, how my whatever my truck's not quite on the way I thought it would be. Just mm-hmm. little things where it's just like, okay, today's gonna be today's gonna be a little more effort. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll redirect what I was going to do because of that. But if I go to the if I go up skate and I feel like I, I'm in I'm on point, everything's in sync, mm-hmm. then I'll redirect it to maybe today's the day to try this thing. Mm. Maybe today's the day to shoot something special because everything's clicking, cracking, yeah, yeah. So I have it kind of both ways, but um, sometimes. And especially in front of a crowd, if I get there and I just feel that jitter and I know that it's affecting how I skate, I'll immediately start with something way harder to sort of snap out of it. Interesting. I know that, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it, but um, it's it's helped me a few times because I, instead of instead of getting in my own head where it's like, why can't you just do, why, it's, this is all basic stuff, why are you having such problems with it? And that just sort of compounds itself. So then it's just like, I don't know, try this thing that's impossibly hard. <laughs> and I'll try that a couple of times and that snaps me out of it. And then is there, do you have a positive relationship with your inner critic? Like I would imagine with it, I'm big on anxiety is helpful to me. Fear is helpful. A lot of these, unless they're liabilities at this point, but me beating myself up going, that wasn't good enough. Like a lot of people are like, love yourself. I'm like, yeah, I get, yes, sure. But also <laughs> me beating myself up is why I'm good at what I do. I, I don't want to stop my inner critic from talking. I don't want to stop. Like that's how you get better. Like what's your relationship? When do you listen? And when do you not? Um, I think when I feel like I've exhausted every approach, every effort to something, mm-hmm. and it's like that's it. That's you've given it everything you have. Yeah, just you just got to pull back. You're you got to stop Hawk. it. Um, <laughs> like, I, I guess, helps. yeah, but but I, it, it is it's still kind of crushing. I mean, I definitely, I, you know, I, I will drive home from skating like, uh, but other times, I if I just make it, it's something. You know, maybe it's not like it wasn't the as high or as clean as I wanted it to be, I have to, I have to convince myself that that's okay. Mm, yep. That's pretty much what it is. And, yeah. and so it's like, it's fine. I'll and, do and, that. Well, also because, uh, you know, and I've, and I've come to terms with this only recently where it's like, you're, you're fucking 53. It's fine. You did it. You know that, I, and, and that I <clears throat> almost was in denial of for so long mm-hmm. that I just, people were just like, oh man, he's so old and he's still doing it. And, and I'm just thinking like, I, I still I can still do it. I don't know who cares how old I am. Yeah. And now I I, I realize like yeah you're really old <laughs> and that's okay that you, <laughs> I mean, you got it. <clears throat> um, this is something that is fascinating to me, and I know it's going to sound like a very odd question. Um, first of all, what are you drinking? So everyone knows. Uh, black I'm drinking tea? iced tea. Just bl- black blackberry tea. I'm not sure. Oh, an iced tea. That's good. Yeah, I just. You asked what I want. I just said iced tea. Just, I got an iced yeah, tea. No, you asked for iced tea, but half Tito's, which is totally fine. I was just a weird order. <laughs> it's like, okay, whatever. It's Tony Hawk. You want to add NyQuil to it? Cool. Punk rock. Um, but uh, but I have this this sort of theory that like, <clears throat> if, I, if I'm if i standing at the comedy store and, uh, uh, you know, Kevin and I are, are standing there and a bunch of new comedians coming down from a big new faces sort of uh, show that are uh-huh. obviously all like you know, have a great 10 minutes, they're just starting, whatever. And then we're in the hallway and we're like, you know, let's introduce ourselves to all these kids and just say like, hey, if you ever need us or need advice, let us know, right? And 10 kids walk by. I have this theory that I 
it's not theory. I could tell you who's going to make it and who's not just really? based on those conversations. Wow. And because of the little tells, you know, I, the way you do anything is kind of the way you do everything. It's like the kind of person who asks me, you know, too many questions and asks me to do their job for them. Those yep. are the people that don't want to learn the hard way or those mm-hmm. that, like the people that I think are going to eclipse me are the ones who are like, I don't need to I fucking ask her advice. Like I fucking, right. I, I got I know, this. Yeah. Or whatever it is. The people mm-hmm. that are just like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. Like, I'm going to be your equal one day or I'm not going to ask you for advice. We're e- we <laughs> yeah. are equal. Whatever it is. Or the person that's like, I don't want to waste your time because I'm like, oh, that person is insecure. They're going to work really hard uh-huh. and get good is there anything if you just like walk to a skate park in the middle of nowhere like wherever when you're traveling can you ever just like watch people for a while like younger people and just go i can t- i don't even have to like watch that person very long yeah or i can just talk i i just know that person is a star uh, yeah well or or that they well they have potential or they will be yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah i think it's more that i can see people who have this this confidence but also a drive to keep pushing what they're doing and that's the sign where it's like oh that guy's killing it but he keeps trying harder stuff he nothing's good enough for this yeah, person yeah um and a tenacity that's like you cannot get between an animal and their food type of energy right and it, and they're not doing it because they're they're hoping that you're going to go notice them you know that that's the other thing where it's Ooh. like they think they're auditioning all the time or they're always looking over their shoulder did you see that did you see that and that i can just tell that that's going to not bode well for them later on that's fascinating because it's number one it's i love breaking down those little instincts because they're not they're going like i'm doing this for me if i get famous and get sponsorships great but this is yeah. between me and this fucking board and this piece of sidewalk yeah i feel like the success is just incidental um, but but there are people who are out there because they think it's their ticket to fame or fortune, and if they get any taste of that, they lose their motivation. That's fascinating, um, which the, I've seen a lot. And then, do you? I was just thinking about you and like how you must move through the world. Like when you just walk around, like is the world just like a giant? skate park to like do you just look at I just mean do you see things you're like yeah look at that fucking flight of stairs like th- like comics we just look at things and we're like what's funny about this like is anything not a ramp to you um yeah I, I don't have that that skater eye the way that you think because I grew up skating at parks and mostly skating pools and ramps and all these designated areas um but for sure there are things out in the wild architecture that's like how do we drop in on that? <laughs> How can we get access to that? Because there are things that also are in tune with the way I skate that are perfect. Oh, cool. Um, and so there are some key things, you know, in, in the world, uh, big sculptures, big iconic places where I think one day I could that's, sneak in there and do it. That'd be pretty cool. That's a cool idea that's like, there's this Benjamin Franklin statue in Philly <laughs> yeah. that if I could just go before the cleaning crew gets there. <laughs> but, um, but in terms of street skating... The ones who are really out there in the streets, that's all they do. Yeah. Every handrail, every ledge, everything is a potential spot and clip they can get. And what hour do you think the traffic's not bad that we can get here and shoot? I have so much to ask you. And I'm, do you, I'm, I'm, I, I feel like I'm being really calm and cool and collected. I, I, I think so. I'm I, usually really much more hyper than this. <laughs> okay. I don't even think I've interrupted him. <clears throat> Is this shocking? This I, is what it looks like when I respect someone. I'm. Sh- I was gonna say that I was gonna say that to you after the show. <laughs> Did I? Okay. I, I'm. I'm you're, you're notorious for interrupting. 
And I get excited and I, it is my job to move the conversation along yes. and make the guest as entertaining as possible too. I do get a lot of shit for interrupting the guest, but if your story sucks, I'm going to stop it. <laughs> well, then, I, then I'm going to take that as a compliment. I know, yes, this is like a fair. I'm just as surprised as you are. I want to hear everyone's answers. Oh, thank you. So um, I look at the great legends of any um, sport, field, say actors, musicians, and um, there's that, is that Flaubert? I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this. Um, the Flaubert quote, be unexciting in your personal life so you can be violent and take risks in your professional life. Hmm. Like you are someone that seems like you have s- s- no drama in your personal life <laughs> so that you, because I mean, Will Ferrell, Steve Carell, all these guys where everyone's like, oh, they just constantly, every time you see them, they're killing, they're focused, everything they do successful. They're not wasting a lot of time in their personal life dealing with old invisible wounds and just draining themselves. Like, it, was that ever a conscious effort of like, in order to be a great skater, I have to just like put all my energy into it, or was it just a coincidence that you? Um, I've never thought person. it like that. I've never really parsed it. But we've it all like seen that, people who's yeah, destroyed their professional I, I lives. I think for sure, and and I, yeah, definitely, I had enough chaos in my personal life, just in terms of relationships and things, but never really going off the rails. Um, and I do feel like skateboarding always kept me focused and always kept me centered, and that was what I could always fall back on. Right. No matter what. Um, and so sometimes that is my meditation. I mean, always that's my meditation. Cause I like, am like, cause I think this is important because a lot of people are like, why aren't I getting what I want? I've been working for three hours and I don't have the thing or I've been writing for two years and I, I don't have what I want with this stand. And I'm like, well, what else is going on when you're writing? Are you distracted by that person? That's the malignant narcissist you're dating. Are you distracted <laughs> by that? You know, toxic, like what are the distractions in your life that when you do need to be, cause the, the amount of, I guess, flow, I don't know if this is like that in the, amount of like how present you have to be when you're doing that is a I think part of the reason that I love doing stand-up so much and is that when I'm on stage whether I'm killing bombing being heckled worst show of my life best show of my life I can't be anywhere else it's the only time my brain is in one putting one foot in front of the other yeah I I, th- I agree with that uh if I do when I when I do go skate um everything's gone and once I stop and it's like, check chaos. my phone, it, yeah, it all comes flooding in again and then my mind is spinning out. But um, for sure, in that moment or in that one or two hours, everything is, is quiet, like I'm in a vacuum. Do you have a before you, because also what you do is so actually dangerous, like do you have protocols before you, that's like, I'm not going to check my phone an hour before, I'm not going to... No, I don't go get that. You're like, I'm no. Tony Hawk. I don't need to do that. No, it's not that. I just, <laughs> I can check I my phone did. before I get on a skateboard. Yeah, I don't, I never went that deep with it. I, it was never like some great big methodical procedure <laughs> where it's like, okay, this is what has to happen before I get out there and do this thing. Yeah. Um, and also just my, my, my um, career skateboarding how it was it was you, you wouldn't allow for that yeah right 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 we would show up at a, you know in the, in the 80s we'd show up at a skate shop and there's just a bunch of shitty ramps in a parking lot and it was like go perform for the 200 kids that are here so cool you know they're not asking you like do you need some water <laughs> and then so in order then no one was asking if we wanted a nice tea let's put it that way <laughs> And you still had to bring it yourself. (laughs) (laughs) But so there's something I'm obsessed with, with confidence versus like, I'm confident only in the things I know I'm competent in. 
you know what I'm saying? That's like my, yeah. my I don't I don't think I have confidence. I just have like, oh, I know I can do that because I've just proved it to myself. And there's something so fascinating to me about what we like any kind of performance where it's like you have to have confidence in order to get good at it. Mm-hmm. But you can't get confidence unless you are good. At it. It's like this thing of how do you build that? Um, I yeah, I agree. I think I think through the years, especially when I was young. I just was so convinced that I could do this stuff even against all odds in terms of my my body structure, my skill level at the time. I, I just was absolutely convinced, like, I can I can do that. I know I can do that. I gotta figure it out. And And how old <laughs> were you when, when you had that? Like I know I can do that? Um probably about twelve is when I started to explore tricks that I knew hadn't really been done before. Mm-hmm. And and I wanted to push that further, and I wanted to figure out how I could fly like the older guys. And mm-hmm. um, and I started to kind of get ahead of myself with with what I was doing, and it was way outside my skill level. And then I got a concussion. I knocked my front teeth out, and everything was like, yeah, you gotta you gotta take a little slower. And why? And and do you after that? Because um, then I go my brain. I think this is the difference between the people that that keep going and win and don't of like well I just knocked my teeth out so what's the worst thing that could happen I already knocked my teeth out this is the perfect I, time to try that I crazy thing that was, that's how my brain works I think I had, a, I, I had a happy medium somewhere where it was like I, yes I want to keep doing this yeah. I, I mean that was there was a line of distinction too is when I woke up from the hospital and, and I knew everything was, a, was relatively okay my first thought was I, I'm not going to quit skating and I think a lot of people that's the reason they quit. Interesting. I, you know, I tried to skate and then I broke my wrist and I was like, that's not for me. And that for me, it was like, Oh, I learned a lesson in that. I have to learn how to do rock and rolls better. That really was like, for me, that was the takeaway is I got to learn how to clear my front trucks when I do rock and rolls, because if I don't clear them, I get knocked unconscious. And what's the difference between somebody who takes the broken wrist as a lesson and someone who takes it as a stop sign? Um, well, uh, you know, some, they go pro sometimes. Yeah, and that's something that just—it could be nature, it could be nurture, it could be something. We just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the psychology of it is. Yeah. I think I think it's more. I, I didn't mind getting hurt for the sake of progression. Mm-hmm. Never in my life, and and so I was willing to take those hits. I didn't. I didn't start skating because I thought like I want to get crazy and I don't care about my body. It was more along the along the way. I thought, oh, I I will get hurt. Yeah. But I'm going to keep doing it. And my my parents were supportive, but at some point after my second concussion and my second time knocking out my teeth, my mom was like, Maybe you should take it, you know, <laughs> take it a little easy and I was not hearing any of that. I think I also was lucky in that when I was in that mode and when I when I was getting injured, I was really young. And so it wasn't like mm. I thought I was choosing a career path. Or it wasn't like I was struggling to pay rent. And I got to make this happen. Because it hasn't this really is, been a big career. This is all I have. No, it was. I was. I wasn't even in high school yet. So uh, for me, it was just like this is the most fun that I've ever had, and I'm learning stuff that I never imagined I'd learn. I, I've I've met people that I think are fascinating and creative, and and I identify with them because they're misfits and they don't they don't belong in team sports. And so it was all of a sudden this whole new world was opened up to me. I was like, this is my place. I mm-hmm. love this, and I'm going to chase it as far as I can. I just got very lucky in that when I was graduating high school, that's when I started to actually make decent money. 
Did you know you're answering the question, but like I was thinking about, it, I was like, you were you kind of built this thing that didn't exist. Like you built off of other, you know, of course, or other people that had done it before you. But is it weird to be like you didn't really know what you were even building because it had never been built? Yeah, I think that's well, that's that's part of the the fun too. Is that people say, you know, is this is this what you dreamed? And it's like I I didn't know what I was dreaming that this didn't exist. So it wasn't like there was someone to set the standard that this is, you can become rich and famous and you can this. have all the success. And it was no like, no one, the, 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 the most successful skateboarder in that day got free gear and got their picture in a magazine and maybe they got flown to Jacksonville for a skate contest once a year. I mean, that was, that was the height of success. No one was killing it. Everyone was just doing it because they loved it. And so when I came up and had this unparalleled success, it was it was all just shocking. Yeah. And it was all a it was a fun surprise. It was incredible. But at the same time, it was more incidental to wow, people finally like what we do. Totally. Or they've always existed, but now we have a way to connect them all, which is I was thinking about um when your first video game came out. Was there a shock of like, I didn't realize this was so popular because it's like you weren't all over the world. It was, um, yes, it was the biggest. Uh, like in your mind, you're like, this is kind of just <clears throat> in America, just in San Diego, just wherever I go and tour. Now it's fucking it was more that global. I think I think what happened with the video game is that I worked hard on on developing the game with with obviously Neversoft and Activision because I wanted it to represent skateboarding authentically. That was that was my whole that was my goal of the game. And in my eyes, the the most success we will enjoy with this game is that we got skaters to buy PlayStations because they think the game is cool. For me, that was that was it. Wow. That was that was the height of success. And what I didn't consider or or imagine is that it was a really fun game to play, regardless if you skated or not. And so many video gamers got into it and people were drawn to skateboarding because they enjoyed playing the game. And they got out there and they're like, this hurts way more outside. Yeah, but, <laughs> but they did enjoy it enough yeah. that it, it got skating, it, had, it, it, it enjoyed this giant boom. There was a study that came out that said that kids that play video games actually have faster fighting reflexes than kids that don't play video games, which is kind of like, it makes sense when you think about it, yeah. but do you ever like visualize it happening in your head? Because when I think about kids playing, you know, video games with skateboarding, you're also accidentally visualizing yourself. Do you, do you mean, did I did I play the game and then? Did you, before you, oh, before the game existed, did you visualize yourself oh, doing yeah. the trick and uh, then yes. do it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that was the only way I could do new tricks is that I saw myself completing it and doing it because... You can't, with skating, you can't just try it on a whim. You can't just throw caution to the wind and say, hope this works. Mm -hmm. Might not, because it's not going to work accidentally. You have to already have visualized yourself doing it. And then it's like you finally have brought it to fruition. And you saw it through. I find this with comedy a little bit. It's 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 way less, you know, punk rock. But, you know, I always get clowned on when I'm the one with the notebook and I'm the one like re- recording myself and then changing the word. And everyone's like, oh, you're fucking... And I'm like, I'm not pretending this is easy for me. Like, right. I, this is yeah. really hard for me to do. Mm-hmm. It takes a really long time for me to make this look easy. You're seeing how the sausage is made. If you think I'm a dork, like, fine. But is there a culture and we also are kind of in the culture anyway of like the the kid that flunks at school is the coolest and the straight A student is the nerd you know I feel like it might be changing a little bit that now the tryhards are cool and not nerds or right. you know as much anymore but 
did you ever feel like your sort of methodical strategic approach was like just like different or not? Um, well, what I've learned through uh, this, all the ups and downs of skating and, and all the all the diversity now that we have is everyone has their own process. And, and yes, you can you can zero in on people and say, oh, that that person has got it. That person is going to go can take it a lot further. Even if they don't don't do it the way I do it, I Even can if they see. Don't, yeah, but I can see. I mean, Lizzie Armanto is a perfect example. I, I see. I have seen her. I've seen her try a trick for so much longer than anyone else that I have ever known. Hours. Wow. Um, I like one example is we were shooting. We were shooting our birdhouse. Uh, our that's our company. We were shooting our video called Saturdays that we released a few years ago, but. We were in Seattle. We were at the skate park. There was a trick she was trying. She sh- started trying this trick. And w- I was with her for at least an hour and a half. And it, that was it. This was the whole thing. And, and an hour and a half, especially for me, that's it. That's my whole day. And are you talking to her during this? Are you just I'm, let yeah, her? I'm, giving her? I'm trying to give her advice. But at some point, it was more that she just had to commit to the landing. She, she had the... She had the 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 uh, line for it. She had the right motion, and it was just after a while, it was like, all right, you just gotta you gotta commit, you gotta stand, it. like you just gotta do it. Commit, as in like like th- there was a there was no physical issue. It was just the mental thing of you have to phys- you have to mentally commit. Commit, yeah, but also just to, to like to really commit herself to stand up and on this the, landing because yeah, it was like all, all the pieces were there. Stick it. She had the, the thing. Landing, she had yeah. the trick. She had the, it was it was kind of this gap. So she had the trajectory to go over the gap, and then she needed to put her her board on the wall. And when she put her board on the wall, you could just tell her legs would collapse. Like I'm not going to do it. And when I see people do that, I know that uh, usually I assume they're just they're not going to get it because everything's there for yeah. the taking, and they they won't they won't take it. And so my friend and I went and left and ate and came back <laughs> and she was still in the mix, still trying it just as hard. Same thing over and over and over. And there, at some point I'm, I'm thinking like, it, it's not, I don't think it's going to happen. And then she just made it. Wow. And I've never seen anyone persevere in that way that whatever her thought process was, was just like, I had to go through four and a half hours of this trick to make it. And then in your estimation, what was the psychological block? If you could have just gone in and it would have been like you... I can't answer that. That's what I'm saying. That's is, so is that Her process is so much different. Um, and I saw her do the same thing with, with learning how to do the, the full loop ramp mm-hmm. where her, her first attempts were ones that when I have seen other people try it and, and fail the way she did, I discourage them from doing it altogether because I just said, you don't have the technique. Yeah. And she just kept going and figured it out. Um, I'm just, I'm just using an example I, because I just love that's that. not my process. That's never been how I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fascinating to see the differences, but, but I do see it. And I mean, we, um, we're, we're sponsoring uh, this girl, Jesse, she's eight and I can see oh. it with her. You know, I, I watch her skate and yep. I'm like, she, she's relentless. And that's so fascinating to me because sometimes I need that. Like, so I need to, uh, and the word bully is so like polarizing these days, but I need to taunt myself sometimes. Like, like if I don't do a joke the way that I am <laughs> capable of or whatever, and then I feel like yeah. shit for two days because you can't really correct it until you've, you, you mm-hmm. can't feel good about yourself again. And in my case, unless you get up on stage and kill again. Mm-hmm. So you're just feel like shit until you can get on stage my, again and fix I, well, it. Well, I'll tell you my, my thought process it, it's it's very similar to that is that when I'm trying something over and over and I just get it stuck in a rut 
and I'm falling and then I'm doing what I call the walk of shame where I'm, I yeah. fall and then I walk around the ramp and I climb the stairs and I'm just like, all right, go again. And then at some point I'm like, I am not climbing these fucking stairs yep, again. Yep. That's it. It, and then it's like, I, my motivation is to not climb the stairs again. It has nothing to do with skateboarding at this point. No, I no, fuck no, these no. fucking stairs. Yeah, I know. I don't want to climb the stairs again, and then I make it. Yeah, this is oh, it. this is only like I want to stop having to do like the stairmaster. No, well, part of me too is like I'm tired of wasting my friend's time from him filming it. Our codependence can sometimes yeah. get us to do something <laughs> yeah. way faster. Yeah, exactly. I now abruptly interrupt the great Tony Hawk <laughs> to talk about a different kind of shredding. Shaving without it. No shredding here is what we're trying we're to say. We're not talking about shredding at all. The whole point <laughs> is that Benton and Emily made us a little dating game to talk to us and explain how shaving with Billy is a goddamn miracle. It's so that you can fall in love with the perfect razor. Hint, hint. Yeah. Billy. I mean, you already have a lover. We just thought he might want you to shave. Contestant number one, the Billy Razor. What do you think is more important in a relationship? Being reliable or being fun? I think being honest is really important. For example, no pink tax. Billy offers the most comfortable shave. And trust me, I'll prove it to you. But I also think it's important to be fun, which is why I also arrive in beautiful, colorful packaging. And I'll show up right at your door, ready to service you. Contestant number two, drugstore razor. Same question. Well, I think it's important to be cheap, easy to access, and only cut you on occasions, mainly just your toes. <laughs> I've never been cut on any occasion for my Billy Razor. So if you each could do just one thing to show that you care about me, what would it be? Billy Razor versus Drugstore Razor? I would run along every curve of your body, treating you with respect, making sure we got super close and never hurt you. Oh, I also love that you thought that was awkward because it was going to be so sexy that it was going to make me uncomfortable. You deserve to feel your best. <laughs> and I just want to be sure to help you comfortably be in control of that. <laughs> um, well, hell. Drugstore razor? I mean, hell. I'd take you home and give you a few good swipes before I totally fuck your shit up. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. What sets you apart from the others, Billy Razor? I'm chic and hardworking. Uh-huh. I come in a bag for about three bucks. Who are you going to pick? Ah. Oh, oh. Hmm. Ah, oh, this is tough. Billy, you're the winner. Oh, hell. And to express a little love for our show, go to mybilly.com slash Whitney. It's a small way you can support us while you are getting the support you need in a razor. This is just $9 to get your starter kit plus free shipping. As always, go to mybilly.com slash Whitney spelled mybilli.com dot com slash Whitney. B-I-L-L-I. All right, now um, we nope. are going to do one of my favorite things. Uh, I'm going to take a quiz. Winnie, what? we want you to know how serious student loans are. Student loans are serious, and it's a big deal that we have Ernest as a sponsor. Mm -hmm. So we want to test if you really know how serious this is. I respond it that I do think it's serious. 
It does say response. <laughs> yeah, good job. Um, when, they don't know what you're talking about, 2000- but you guys, they're writing my lines now, and sometimes they write it so, uh, so to clear, the, so clear that if I get one word wrong, they get upset. But this just says in parentheses, Whitney responds, and you did a good job. <laughs> okay. I don't want to micromanage you. Okay, got it, got it. Your okay. brain is worth First question. <laughs> Winnie, in 2019, how much was the average student loan debt for a bachelor's degree? $80,000. Okay, this is the average, but um, sure. Uh, Isn't it crazy? $28,950 Oh, well, that's with average. state schools. Oh, with state well, that's, schools yeah, and... Yeah, if you average everyone's total together and divide them by the amount of schools. And, like, Well, state schools is less than private schools. Private you, schools is probably like... Okay, why well, explain the answer? What's sorry. the next question? <laughs> Did you learn how to compute averages in... College. college. I was going to say, not yet another reason I don't owe my college any money, because I don't know the answer to that question. Even Emily, before. got your next question. Emily? In 2020, the U.S. student loan debt reached what? It's peak. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you're not wrong. $1.7 trillion in student loans in the USA. Uh-huh. Trillion. And the last question. <laughs> Winnie, how much student loan debt do you think is in this room? Oh, wow. To be fair, when we never wrote the questions, it was just the two of us. So, <laughs> I was just saying, and I and I don't have any. <laughs> um, okay, just between you two. Mm-hmm. For well, thirty twenty thousand dollars. Sixty thousand dollars. One million. <laughs> One billion dollars. Here's here's the deal. Y'all need to go to some kind of educational program, uh, or else you're gonna end up doing what we do for a living. So uh, make sure to go to school, but then uh, bring Ernest on retainer because Ernest is offering our listeners a $100 cash bonus refinance your student debt at Ernest.com slash Whitney terms and conditions apply now Ernest is giving our listeners a $100 bonus refinance your student loans at Ernest.com slash Whitney terms and conditions apply once again you get a $100 cash bonus when you visit Ernest.com slash Whitney to refinance your student loan. No, just your. Not available <laughs> not in all say states. Just your. Terms and conditions. Not available in all states. Apply. Thank you. Visit Ernest.com slash Whitney for more details. Terms and conditions apply. Ernest student loan refinancing made by Ernest Operations LLC NMLS number 120-4917, comma. California financing law number 6054788. Gonna give you a second to jot that down. <laughs> 303 Second Street, Suite 401N, San Francisco, CA, 94107. Visit Ernest.com slash licenses for a full list of licenses. I'm happy to read you those licenses yeah. verbatim. <laughs> Add that to her Wikipedia page. <laughs> she did go to college. I'm obsessed with like the how when you're great at one thing, you're weirdly qualified at some other thing that you may not even know you're qualified at. Like, for example, I, I believe stand-ups are... Uh, I can always tell you like how much time has passed for some whatever reason oh, like uh-huh. I, if I'm on a, a plane I can be like it's been two hours and 17 minutes and oh right just because we're on stage um, I'm, I'm good at measuring distances because of that that's fascinating um, because I know how wide ramps are and everything that it, when you build ramps everything is four foot by eight foot sections so I can tell you like this room is about 16 feet wide no, 12 yeah you would like cut it in half wide. or double yeah. it like based on the yeah. increments that you do know by. <laughs> yeah. that's so fascinating to me 
Um, and then, uh, and then I want to talk about just like fear for a second because when I watch you, I'm like this guy. I was like, is it just because there weren't like pages and pages and pages on YouTube of like nasty falls, like like what? Like I'm obsessed with like cave diving. Like I can't understand how why anyone would feel the need to do it, would want to do it. And I look at what you do, and I'm like, I'm so glad that I never tried any of that because I can actually enjoy it. I think as soon as like doing stand up means I don't get to enjoy comedy. I don't get to enjoy co- comedy movies that much. Like a lot, it's, <laughs> a lot's taken from yeah. you as an entertain as huh. a consumer if you become an entertainer. Right. Yeah. Just because you can never fully like surrender you know and um but do you ever feel and then I did hear you saying you felt scared sometimes like you know because a lot of these a lot of people like you do have like an amygdala thing or like a you know something where you're like oh you're just built and you have like a gift that yeah but I never I never approach something just like let's do it let's you know I don't care like just you know death or glory it was more that I I have all the pieces to this thing, and if I can put them all together and and the timing is right, I can probably make it happen. And that that's always been my approach, based on physics and facts. So I don't have to bring fear and into experience. it because it's all just yeah, it's all just data. Yeah, and experience. Yeah, so it, I guess it's a little more methodical than than you might think. Um, there are know. other friends of mine that they do just go for it, and sometimes they pay the price. And but sometimes they make it, and it looks like they're. You know they're riding a bucking bronco, <laughs> but they make it, and it's awesome. Like that was yeah, that that could never be duplicated. That was totally. Do you ever like know if something was lo- like like you said you got lucky on that gap thing? Like, mm-hmm. did you, or are you just like uh, on the gap thing? On the gap, the first time you did the trick for the gap oh, shoot. Um, is there such a thing I as think, luck? Y- yeah, well, I I think that I not that I got lucky. I think it was it was that. I was so, I mean, maybe there was a little bit of luck. Every, everything came together mm-hmm. all at once. And, and my, my headspace was, this is it. You're doing this right now. Yeah. This is like, nothing else matters. This is the thing. You yeah. do it. Everything you know, this is what's going to happen. When I did it, I thought I was done. And I was not prepared at all mentally for, do that again. <laughs> if I had known we were going to shoot that a couple times, or that there was a test run of it, I would have had a totally different approach. See, but that's fascinating. Would you have held back on the first one? Probably, yeah. Yeah, so they can get their camera right. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's yeah. a thing. It's an entertaining you learn the hard way. Yeah. Oh, the, it's, but I'll tell you, it's, I, it's so, and I didn't really have the clout to say that back then. You know, like I said, I just thought I was, I was lucky to be there. I, I was, but, but you were also what they needed you more than you, you know. Yeah, but there were other skaters, so they they had their fill the gaps. But um, it's funny you say that because fast forward to I just did a commercial a couple of weeks ago. I don't think I can say what it's for, but uh, they wanted a couple of pretty spectacular tricks on their script and their their storyboards. And I told them ahead of time. I said, "Look, you guys, if if I do that, you get it. One's all you get. Yeah, that's it. I, you know, I, I, this this is not something that I can just churn out." And uh, there were a couple times where there was one time, especially where I, I did this thing and I was surprised that I did it actually, cause it just wasn't the terrain for that kind of trick. And they, as soon as I did it, they're like, yeah, can we get it from, uh, this? I said, you guys, you guys can get it again. So, you don't, you don't have it. I'm sorry. That's it. So this is like making my heart take a shit in my chest. It's, it's making me, it's, I'm like shaking. I'm so angry because 
like it took me a long time to learn that in stand up the first time you're shooting your special the first take is just a camera rehearsal there's none of it's usable like don't think like I now always add a day so if you have one night to shoot your special you have a seven o'clock show and a nine o'clock show Thursday night you get in there and you just do a rehearsal for the mm-hmm. camera guys it's not fair to them to not you know what I mean they have to yeah are there any like and because you know some of the best camera uh, DPs in the world shoot golf because it's mm-hmm. so hard to sh- yeah. follow it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, are mm-hmm. there any people that, like, if you go in a second, you go, I want this DP. Oh, he knows absolutely. Me. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah. yeah, I have a couple of, of key filmers. That That's so funny. Can you just do that again from a different angle? Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> and, and it was funny because this at this particular shoot, we didn't have uh, a skater filmer on board because uh, the one that I usually use was busy that day. He was traveling already. So um, I had to rely on more uh traditional dps yeah and you know the one of our guys from i do have a production company they they allowed him to help set up one shot so on this particular trick he got the shot and it was it was good enough so yeah you guys can just pay us a million dollars yeah exactly but but there are there's there's a couple guys that skate um my friend Chris Gregson is one of them who he is one of the best skaters already. Mm-hmm. And so he's this unicorn because he can follow you through any terrain or any wow. over any gap. And wow. so you'll see some footage of someone skating and then they'll jump some crazy thing and the camera goes along with them. And you're like, how, what, yeah, how did that happen? See, I think that is such an incredible point and worth bringing up because uh, like, you know, uh, vocations like yours, there's also a, a ton of other jobs supporting the vocation that having experience doing the, the skill makes. So the um, person that shot the free solo documentary, um, what's the guy's name? Can you just tell me his name? So I don't Jimmy um, Chin. Jimmy Chin. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he, he's also a climber and, and no one could have made that movie right. had Jimmy Chin not been able to follow the you know this guy around yeah absolutely you know so it's like in order to have like there's a specialized sort of fleet of dps that can also skate which that just like makes me so happy yeah and and well like i said my friend chris he he has gone on to do all kinds of things and now he's getting hired by other studios to get different angles of things because suddenly they realize that he can get up in there and and remain on a skateboard and get in the air and um it's pretty cool i actually got to do that uh (laughs) A long time ago, I I was Tony the Tiger for a Frosted Flakes commercial in like 89, 88. So if you look up a Frosted Flakes commercial Hold on. and he's skating, me, it's hard to find. I don't think I it, knew. I went down Hold a rabbit on. hole trying to find it once. Okay, don't, we'll, we'll find it. But, um, but I had to wear this skin tight suit. I mean, this is like way before cgi or anything and and or, or like professional cgi <laughs> it's a bittersweet call isn't it what's that we want you to skate in this commercial in a tiger costume yeah well that's that was the funny thing especially in the late 80s i got a few calls to do commercials but it was always like you're too old to be a principal because i was 20 something that's and, and in there you know the, the stereotypical skater was 12 Oh, wow. And so, obviously, a lot has changed since then. But I was just telling you that because at the Frost Face commercial, I ended up doing the camera work uh, for my friend who was the principal. Fascinating. And then how, there was a a time where you, things got, you know, a little, like, quiet and skating in general, and you were video editing. Uh, I was, yeah, because... uh, I had bought a video editing system. I actually borrowed money from my parents um, because I was starting to get into it, and I and we had a few 
different skate videos that that came out at that time. So I was able to basically my sponsor, Pal Peralta Bones Brigade, allowed me to do my own section mm-hmm. with my friends and then just hand them the finished product. Um, I mean, it wasn't spectacular, but it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. And because I had that and my income was dropping so dramatically, I started freelancing as a video editor. Um, and I got a couple of jobs that I was able to make the rent from, but it was it was slim pickings. I'm so into this. I'm so into though what do with uh, if you do a certain job doing something else, how it makes you better at the thing you already were great well, at. I, I think I, I'm very thankful for those years because I learned a lot about video editing, and I like you know my I wasn't great at it, but I learned to get better at it. And then when the tools came in to play that we have now, I mean, your phone is a whole mm-hmm. video editing suite. And now I can do my own content. Right. And I understand how to time edits and how to sync music and, and all that kind of and stuff. And not sitting around waiting for someone else to do it and not get the timing right because that's not how the trick right. should look. And, that's and not the so angle we should use. That, I, that was, I was all self-taught in those years and I'm just thankful that I went through that. And, and yeah, it, it felt like... It felt impossible at the time. It was just like, what am I doing? I do remember there was a moment where, <laughs> so you guys, I don't know, you guys aren't that old, but you'll appreciate that I, I <laughs> bought my editing system from a consignment place in Burbank <laughs> because it was so old and shitty that no one's buying it. And it's all, it's all I could afford with what my parents would let me borrow was a three quarter editing system. So three quarter tapes were like whoa, giant yeah, video yeah. tapes, you know. And so I'd have to, I'd have to record all of our high eight footage onto that. I'm going but to that, the but that's But it's th- that <clears throat> is the type of shit, though. I think that takes people mentally the next level. I'm so obsessed with editing because it taught me, you know, uh, how to sort of like, you know, be better at conversations because I'm able to go, oh, like you can edit that out, and like, oh, you know what, I can pause here. Oh, and we yeah. can always cut that mm-hmm. if we need. So when you're working or performing, yeah. you can actually be better when you're on camera because you're like, oh, I know yeah, what's fixable that, that later and, and what's not. Just uh, editing for social media purposes where it's like, I know that this has got to move a little bit quicker, pull these pauses out, mm-hmm. and also, like for Instagram, make it a minute long. 100%. And would you yeah. say to the next generation of skaters, which I know everyone always like, what would you say to them? Like, is it like, learn how to fucking edit? I would say, no. I, I, <laughs> make I, your well, content? Yes and no. I mean, definitely the influencers have their whole crew around them. But mm-hmm. uh, I would say that I always tell them, learn everything about your craft. If it's skating, learn th- the business of it. Learn what it, you know, what does it take to do ads? And yeah. same thing, like social media editing and stuff, because just being a good skater it, is not going to necessarily take you as far as you hope. Mm-hmm you could be the best skater and not have all these other elements and not have a career that you imagine. And be the business person. Like, I mean, that's been, and, I think, yeah, the hardest. And, and so I, I, when I started a business, I embraced learning all the boring stuff. And that benefited me greatly through the years. Be, to me, that's when I was like, why do I have to go to school? Why do I have to go to college? And I don't remember anything. I'm like, I, think, I, be, I believe what the way the, the college and high school like pay off is that you have to practice sitting through something you think is boring because that's just such a big that's, part yeah, of being part successful. Of it, yeah. You just have to sit still when you're fucking bored. That's a lot of being successful, even at your dream. Yeah. And well, I took, I took computers. I mean, this is, you know, I was, it was like 84, 85, but I took computer <laughs> class and that was 
super helpful to me later on. I can't believe you said that because I was the dork who had to be, there was, you had a choice in our high school between speech and drama, which was just like silly running around and computer and like keeping checks or like how to, and they put a box over oh, our home hands. And, yeah, home ad, yes. yeah. <laughs> and they put a box over our hands and we had to type and oh, not yeah. look down. Same. And I same. hated it. And now yeah. I'm like, I can type while yeah, I'm talking. Same. Like, it's just so interesting, like as a young person, when to capitulate to something, even though it's and then and then when to be punk rock and go, this is stupid. And then we'd have to write fake checks and like balance our checkbooks and shit. Like it was so it was like wife class or some shit. That's what I always thought of home ec. I mean, I, you know, I, I wasn't I, I, like it wasn't that I was some great uh, advocate for uh, equal rights back then when I was 15. But it did feel like home ec. That seems like such a. Like such a, a home economics, home, yeah. yeah, like <laughs> wife homemaker. Like, but just the idea that, that a woman sucks. has to know home economics, but she's not allowed to earn any money. It's like, can I earn some money? Yeah, then it was I'll straight up. It was straight up like Jetsons. Know about economics? Um, okay, so now we are going to come to the part of the interview where someone that actually deserves to interview is, you is going to ask you some questions, and I'm going to come sit next to you over there. Okay, cool. <laughs> just so Kevin Christie is my best friend, comes with me on the road. Uh, has a show on YouTube about skateboard stickers and is going to show you a couple. Awesome. Because I basically was like, Kevin, tell me some questions I can ask. And I was like, I can't even ask this without it being so obvious that it's not my... Are you sure? Like, he, he, I'll send you the, the questions he sent me that I was going to f- try to ask you with a straight face and pretend they were mine. Oh, man. I would, I would love that. Yeah, though. it was... I, Do you remember the Chris Farley show? Yeah. This is going to be a little like that. Okay. <laughs> cool. And I'll say I next. hope I hope I can do it justice because and I'm, gonna I'm not the best historian or collector of skate no, no, stuff. No, this, I won't. I'm. I just love the way they look. Oh, I did want to ask you. Yeah, does it hurt that none of your sons have a mixed squeeb? Um, actually, my son Keegan is. He's he's got it pretty well. He's got a hot mixed squeeb. He does. Yeah. Um. I could. I, yeah, I will. I'd show you a photo. Of him. He's he's my doppelganger for sure. That's exciting. And I do right before uh, Kevin, you start. <clears throat> I just what I'm sure everyone asks you this, but what is going on with you and your son being such a good? Was there ever any trepidation of like I don't want him to fucking do this, or are you like I want him to have? Oh, this? to be a pro. Yeah. No, actually, when he was um, around 14 or 15, he started to shy away from skating uh, because he really? felt that pressure. <laughs> yeah. He felt that that thing where people are just like oh you're Tony's son and there's a big expectation and he started he started leaning into motocross and we didn't really have the him and his mom and I didn't have the resources or the time to to facilitate that because that's like a whole life it's a whole thing yeah it's like a gymnastics kid yeah it's like you're you're driving out to the, the cross which the track which is two hours from us and you're there all day and you got to get the equipment. And you got to you got to keep things in t- in check. And and he was doing it, but it was just it was just so scattered. And then one day we were driving home from the track, and I said, and he was talking about how he wanted to try to get sponsored. And I, I said, you I you know Riley, I think you're you know you're doing pretty good at motocross, but you're you're really good at skating. And if you were ever to get sponsored, and it pains I me think, to say that, no, <laughs> he's a fucking alien on a board. Like he's rad. yeah, he's really. I mean, he but he was from a young age, um, and he obviously was surrounded by it, but he took to it, and so he did take that to heart. And and I think in that moment decided I'm going to forge my own way. So it was like I can meet Tony I'm Hawk's not going to be sponsored by all your companies. 
I'm going to find my own sponsors. And, and then he, he had a crew in Oceanside uh, where they all skated. They're all the same age. They started making their videos. They called themselves the Shep Dogs and they became their own thing. Mm-hmm. And then that's when he realized that he could do it his own way. I want to do it, but on my terms. Like, is that yeah. such a primal thing yeah. for a son and a father? Like the moment when it's like, you're my hero, Maybe, yeah. but I also need to be my own yeah. Man. And and I mean I'm fascinated watching cuz he does he definitely has he has carved a unique style even in the street world. Mm-hmm. And he is so good at like there's tricks that's just like how how is that easy for you? It's fucked. I don't understand. He's yeah. so <laughs> How's his coffee shop doing? Oh uh, yeah, it's good. They're, that's they're good. killing it now. But let me so when you see him do a trick that looks so are you like I could have done that when I was your age or are you just like No. No, because the style of skating, the things you focused on, just they weren't like that. And we didn't know that was possible. I think a lot of it has to do with if, if you know something is possible and has been done, it's, it's easier to attain than, uh, if you than can like, see it, you I'm going to create this it. thing. I don't even know if it's going to work. Hmm. And that is, that's more daunting and more challenging. So now it's like, I know all these things exist and people all have these, done it yes. and survived. Like, yeah, that's just like, homework. They talk about, like, Pat Duffy was the first one to do, like, a grind down a round rail. And everyone was like, well, we saw Pat do it, but who the fuck did Pat see? Like, yeah, to Pat do, was like, just nuts. Yeah, just double kink, like... In the rain. Yeah, in the rain. No, <laughs> no his yeah, part's in the rain. Which, that's true. It's in the rain. Yeah. You're just like, what the... Like everyone was just like, "What the hell was that, dude?" Yeah, wow. and then it changed all kinds. Yeah, of Yeah, and things. it just changed. Yeah, and <clears throat> and well, for instance, I, you know, I, I started skating when I was ten years old. Kickflips weren't invented until I was fifteen or sixteen. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's like, here's a skateboard, do a kickflip. Yeah, month one. Yeah, you know that I have a. Um, I believe that you are the only feminist catcaller. Because you can drive by women and go, do a kickflip! That's like positive catcalling. That's like super feminist catcalling. Um, okay, so Kevin, take us on this journey. We have a couple questions. That I okay. will figure out a way yeah. to make them my idea after he says them, but these okay. are ones I never could have pulled off. Okay. Uh, my first question is, do you remember me? <laughs> I don't remember you. Um, when I was 11, <laughs> I met you at Valsurf. I uh, waited four hours to get your autograph. Uh, you gave me your autograph on my shirt. Uh, you skated a long tramp. You know what? Parallel it's because it, that beard threw me off. Okay. So if I shaved, you would definitely... Absolutely, re- 100%. yeah. 100%. And lose the glasses. You weren't wearing glasses then, right? No, I didn't need them. Remembers. Remembers me. Remembers me. Um, you now skate for Vans and Independent, mm. and you live in San Diego. Are you going to start a rockabilly band? <laughs> Uh, I, I can only hope <laughs> I'm waiting, I'm waiting for that wanted ad. Right. Right. Um, what do you miss more? Lappers, copers, nose rails. Um, nose rails. Really? Yeah. Cause I, I do, cocaine? when I do backside airs, I grab the nose <laughs> and that would just give me a little more leverage. What the hell was a lapper for? Like, Oh, a lapper was so you don't hang up. On the on coping on coping yeah okay yeah okay it was like a safety device I never skated like a full size half pipe I didn't have access well it was also it would help it would help with like going up curbs yeah yeah or you know this yeah it had okay. a lot of purposes okay great nose rail what most underrated skater of your era you think mm. um man that is really hard Stevo most under <laughs> well I mean what is my era. 80s. I've, 80s vert. 80s vert. The contest days. 
Wow. Why you got to throw that one at me? Um, I'm sorry. We can come back to it. <laughs> I have to think about that. Do you that. accept my apologies yeah. to the next question? Yeah. Do you, are, you, are you still mad at me? Um, I think uh, it, well, uh, there was a skater named Aaron Dieter, and he is credited for doing the first Ollie Blunt, I think. Really? Yeah. Wow. Or uh, or Todd Conjolier. That's my answer. Todd Conjolier. Todd Conjolier. And you kind of look like Todd Conjolier, which is kind of weird. Always have. Always. Maybe that's why his name came to mind. But but he did he did some lip tricks that that we're still hoping to do. Wow, wow. Okay. In fact, I learned something recently, and someone was like Conjolier. Fascinating. Because there's there's a, a market difference. Like you know, when you ask a comedian who their favorite comedian is, most people have never heard of him. You know, right? Which is kind of a, I'm always yeah. fascinated by that trick you can do that Riley can't that you kind of lord over him <laughs> uh, huh. and vice versa does he taunt you one time I beat him in a game of skate doing a invert an invert varial because we the game of skate was in our backyard park yeah so I did an invert varial and he was like come on yeah cheating kind of <laughs> Whatever. How did you ground him? Is there any version of your grounding you can't skate for two weeks? <laughs> no. You can't do that. I never really need to be grounded. Um, I, yeah, I can't think of, of some, no. In your opinion, if a parent has a kid who's skating, should you say you can't skate for two Like, should that be a punishment? Or is that just a... F- it could be, but you know they're going to sneak out and go skate. Right. And the more you tell someone not to do something, the more they're going to do it, yeah. right? Okay. Um, are you sick of bird imagery in your graphics? <laughs> um, uh, uh, like when you get a, the consumers aren't. When you get a sketch of a bird skill and you're like, ha ha, like yeah, is different it, angle. Yeah, well, look, the ears this time. Like, is it kind of like, you didn't do it again, way to go. He's talking to you, Derek. <laughs> yeah, it's just sort of Derek like. Derek is our production birdhouse. Ah. I mean, yeah, they sell. They do sell. They do. It is hard to find a unique concept right. in that sense. Yes. Right. Uh, looking back on your '80s fashion, perhaps too much. <laughs> pastel, let's not, let's not too much that. pastel, or are you like should have gone harder? <laughs> well, considering that Daglo Neon is in now, right? I was ahead of the curve. <laughs> yeah. Start of that shit. That's why I had a pink helmet. There you go. So. See, yeah. <laughs> but you wouldn't wear it now. I think. I think Now's at some the point. Time to wear it. At some point, no. At some point, I I felt that so much. It was just like, dude, that I just went all black. So when you see me in the last fifteen years, <laughs> yeah. all my gear is black. That's it. Uh, you're just like I did my time. I did my time, and I'm just gonna let the skating do the talking. And I can't now. be a cartoon of myself if I <laughs> yes. show up in colors. Yeah, no, I'm impressed. When you look back on their looks, who do you think regrets their looks more, Staub or Hosoi? There's no regrets for any of those guys. <laughs> they feel it. They feel Absolutely. it hard. They, well, Kevin's still running it. That's true. That's true. Um, and Christian would probably if he had <laughs> if he could have the hair he used to. Right. 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 Um, favorite all time skater. Um, Rodney Mullen is the godfather of modern skateboarding. Yeah. Without question, he's the reason that people are that kids go out and try half the tricks they do for sure can i ask you a crazy question just as um i try to just be like what's the audience thinking um uh that's just my excuse for how i interject into conversations. <laughs> um uh, my show what are you gonna do um is that how much of skating is about making it look easy and elegant and how much of you know does that make sense like the style uh, it, of- it does uh and i can answer you in in the way that when i was young all i cared about was were tricks and I did not care how they looked. 
and I got a lot of flack for it because in in those years, especially with Christian Osoy, Christian Osoy was the king of style, and he was my main competitor, and and they called me either a circus skater or a robot. Oh wow! Um, so it counts for a lot, mm-hmm. and how you do something is and your to signature. Be clear, you are neither. What's that? You're not, you're neither, right? <laughs> Just to clear those not questions anymore, up. No. Okay. <laughs> not a robot. But that's fascinating because I think it's it's in stand-up and a lot of art forms. Like I'm not trying to pretend this is it. Like, this is hard. I'm trying, Sam Kinison, some of my favorite, uh, you know, comedians were sweating on stage and it's like physically, but you, you, you there's pressure to make things look pretty. I think, and- I think I, yeah, there is. And also I just came into my own style later on where I figured out how to, maneuver things where I'm doing these hard tricks but it doesn't look so outlandish or robotic and mm-hmm. so you just kind of you know just with practice and, and with with honing your your uh, how you do things in a way that you want them to look but there's also it's, it's in, in stand up it's kind of the opposite it's like you made that look really nice but that's not good that yeah. was all performance and no skill. There's no joke there. Yeah, there's no joke there. That was all style and yeah. no substance. You know, so we have sort of a, like, oh yeah, what do you do without the guitar, bitch? What do you do without the fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. That suit. Let's see yeah. who you are without the piano. You know, yeah. like it's make it dirtier and dirtier is sort of right. what we do. Did you yeah. ever think like Christian's trick looked better because of that weave? Always, because we had that weave <laughs> too. It wasn't even just any like if Christian learned a trick, that's how you wanted to do that trick. Yeah. You know, when he learned when he learned McTwist, it was like, oh, of course, <laughs> his are the best. Yeah, who's st- is his style the style you would have like maybe wanted to emulate the most? Um, in in some ways, but I, I was thankful that I had my wiry skeleton body that I could do other moves and other spins. Yeah. that maybe he wasn't able to or didn't want to. Your do. varial game was way stronger. <laughs> yeah, yes, but also just learning to to spin. You know, that it's because of my body type. And how robotic I was, I was able to figure out how to spin more, and, and I'm really thankful for that. Um, but yeah, you know, Christian was, it was like skating against Johnny Depp, just came in and like, he woo! looked really cool. He looked really cool, yeah. yeah. Um, Birdhouse alum, you're the proudest of. Um, wow. Birdhouse alum. Birdhouse alum. His company is my, called Birdhouse. Bird Bird and he's saying like, what? what Who are you? Yeah. Um, I was subtitling it. Could you put on some pretty heavy dudes? Yeah, I, I would have to say Heath. Yeah. Um, because I I put Heath on when he was a scrappy little amateur, tiny skater wearing huge jeans and extra large shirts. Right. <laughs> and um, he went on to he went on to do way more than I ever imagined. Yeah. And what did you see in him? Um, I saw that 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 fire and that desire to, and, and he was trying huge stuff when he was tiny. Oh wow! Um, I mean, his his, the, you know, we they used to make sponsor me videos. His sponsor me video, half of that video is what I put into his first video part for Birdhouse. Oh, cool! That's crazy. Yeah, um, I've noticed in the last like maybe ten years, your kind of perception from the skate public has changed. Like the kind of Tony Hawk's the corporate dude. It seems like that's like gone away. Um, like that's not how people like it's the respect to me level has gone up. Where like no no this guy matters and he held it together kind of when it, it was falling apart. I, I guess I, I you know it wasn't by design. It was just more that I just always loved skating and I think that that started to shine through. Yeah, because 
whatever it was, the, the corporate um, opportunities and things that I had were starting to fade, especially in the last five or six years. And I never faltered. Like I just kept skating because that's what I love doing. And, yeah. and it, it has allowed me to have this fantastical life. Mm-hmm. And I have my own private ramp and I'm able to shoot video and do things. Like that's all I want. When the only thing negative someone can say about you is like, they made a lot of money in business. You're like, well, if that's the worst thing you got, yeah. I must yeah. be well, pretty but it was awesome. Also, I was I was the one who was marked as the sellout because I had some of the first big corporate sponsorships, especially in the early 2000s, and somehow that was. But how is it selling? Like, I like to well, get into that. I, I yeah, just... I think. Well, with, with the idea in in their head, and what I've come to understand through all this is that they think that you're you're changing your values right. to make money from these bigger companies. And it was like, dude, I ate McDonald's my whole life. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when they asked to pay me, <laughs> hell yes. You know how much money they owe me? Yeah. <laughs> then we're going to break even. And I'm able to, I'm able to, to bring in a new audience to skateboarding through their advertising dollars. Like that's amazing yeah, to me. Yeah. And I know I always like, I, what do you I think I'm going to start like skating the balls? Like I'm only going to, you're still going to do what you right. do. And, and, but, but endemic sponsors, especially in those days, they didn't have that kind of marketing mm-hmm. money and they didn't, you know, I, I absolutely, I kept, I kept my core sponsors. Obviously it wasn't like yeah. I'm only exclusive to <laughs> whatever Nike or Reebok or something. It wasn't like that. It was just more that, that well now we have these bigger options and and we can we can take skateboarding to a whole new audience yeah and I think that there's that, that you know there's a lot of this in comedy where it's like if someone gets too successful we're like like you know it is how we just feel better about the fact that we don't have that thing that's yeah. all it's how we self soothe that's all but I think that like you're saying in, through through the most recent times in the last ten fifteen years obviously many other skaters have yeah. had those opportunities and that's okay now yeah. Uh-huh. But it's completely you know, different now. I was definitely the one. The I was the one that they had to target. Where it was just yeah, like, you had to take that the bullet, dude. Yeah, yeah, and it, and I think that my getting so much ridicule for my style as a kid prepared me for all of that. Right, right. And I think that's that is such an important like point. And when you know, I know a lot of you know girls are going to listen to this and be like, I want to be a skater and I want to be a skater. And like, Whitney, why didn't you ask them about like, if it's rough being a female skater with like dudes only and what that's like. And I always say that when, whenever someone comes up to me and they're like, it's toxic in the hallway, the comedy store, like the guys are bullies. I'm like, dude, I, I, I know that what's happening isn't ideal, but they are making you stronger. I know that sounds, if it's illegal or yeah, that's that, not what I'm talking about. It is weird because I mean, I grew up in the seventies, like bullies. We didn't, no one said you're a bully. You just get picked on. We yeah. called them teachers. I got picked on all <laughs> yeah. the time. Yeah. And I got picked on because I was a skater and then I'm skating and then older skaters are picking on me because of my skate style. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that that's necessary, but it readied me for everything mm-hmm. to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, there is this like, like, and this is, you know, it's, it's tricky now because everyone's so like, you know, trying to treat everyone with like kid gloves. But I'm like, just, get picked on just learn how to tolerate it and you'll just get yeah, stronger I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't encourage it but it, it does happen and I think at some point you just say fuck it I gotta believe myself and but I'm I just gonna mean, go make this happen by the time you're going to do Tony Hawk's like huge tour and you're like the headlining act like if someone goes you suck you're not even gonna fucking hear it because you're so used right. to it yeah. you know it's like that That this is a horrendous sort of story but I, I, I see the 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 sort of intention behind it where um, uh, Serena Williams' dad used to go hire people to yell at them when they were practicing tennis. I, he told the story on the Howard Stern show. Oh I don't know why. 
I mean, that's hardcore. That's next level. It's like next level, yeah. but it's like if I had a daughter who was skating, I would be like, can you guys just beat up on her just a little so that she's like prepare. <laughs> I don't mean like hit her. I just skating mean like beats up give her on a you hard plenty. time. <laughs> Huh? Skating beats up on you plenty. Just give her a hard time. Like, don't give special treatment to someone that needs to be tough. You know what I mean? Don't like coddle I someone. That's, don't believe you would do that. I don't. I I will <laughs> do what I will choke my daughter out if I have whatever prepares her for Hollywood. <laughs> we now take another break. Sorry, I I want to take a break, but I'm just distracted by Emily's uh, attire for the night. I'm dressed as fancy. This is me fancy. What? Okay. Why? But why are you dressed? Like this. Because we owe Brooklinen a fancy spot mm -hmm. that we take seriously and we're demure and beautiful. Mm -hmm. Because the last one we did is was. Is this your definition of Are demure? You being shady? <laughs> no, I'm dressed up. This is your this demure. This is my show of respect. I'm dressed up. You look up. like Jean Benet Ramsey. <laughs> Thank you. If, if we knew where she was. <laughs> well, wait, now or then? Thank you. <laughs> Let me just show you why we have to do. The Brooklyn and Ad in a much fancier way right mm -hmm. now. Okay, because I feel like we nailed it last time. Yeah, okay. I was there. I think it was good. I loved it. Holy sheet! We can't find the Brooklyn and sheets. Sheet, man, eat sheet and die. <laughs> I would gladly eat sheet and die if it was Brooklyn and sheet. Sheet really hit the fan. Sheet just hit the fan. We can't find the Brooklyn and sheet. Sheets crick without. <laughs> Or paddle. We are up Sheets Creek. I'm just repeating all of Emily's jokes, by the way, <laughs> in a much less funny pantaminer. Holy sheet. When is Benton going to come back? Benton? Sheet for brains. <laughs> Benton, don't be such a sheet for brains. This is a sheety ad. What a sheet show. <laughs> this is a sheet show. <laughs> this is a total sheet show. God, I feel like sheet. <laughs> Which is a compliment if it's a Brooklyn and sheet. Eat I, sheet. I eat sheet and die, Benton. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, this ad really went to sheet. Oh, God. Tomorrow, I'm going to feel like absolute sheet. If it's a Brooklyn and sheet, I'm going to feel great and super smooth. Well, Benton, we're doing a bit where Benton appears as a ghost and art has started to imitate life. <laughs> Should we just do this without He's him here? scare the sheet out of us. <laughs> I'm scared sheetless. This is a sheety. It's a very sheety ad read. Holy sheet, this ad is long. I just want everyone watching and listening to know that this will no way be worth the wait. Okay, here we go. The moment we've Whoa! all been waiting for. The eyes are so far apart. The fact that we spent time planning this bit out. Never Did know. You I think the, the I, difference between I, your eyes was that see, wide? I see things. <laughs> Those are for ears. I see things you can't see because I'm from the other side. Okay. You cut your eyes after you put it on? No, before, which is the problem. Okay, but that's how wide you thought your eyes were? Bitch, I'm dead. Move on. <laughs> I have no notes. Yeah, what was wrong? I have no problems. I do think this is easily the best ad we've ever done. But you want to talk some sheet? <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about that ad. She talking bitch. <laughs> oh, damn. It's summer again, and that means hot sunny days, and nights that are too hot to get any sleep. Enter Brooklinen, crisp sheets that breathe to keep you cool, mean you can say goodbye to sweaty summer nights. Brooklinen has something for every product need, ideal for a seasonal refresh, because they're launching new products, colors, and patterns all the time. I'm talking buttery, soft, and breathable sheets, plus absorbent towels and shh, cozy robes <laughs> and comfy loungewear. You'll want to never take off. 
They are so confident in their core products. They come with a 365-day warranty. They've received over 75,000 five-star reviews and counting. Thanks, Brooklinen. Sorry we keep fucking these up. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what it is? We're getting too much sleep. <laughs> if there's anything we prioritize at this podcast, I think you probably noticed it's physical comfort, as you can tell by Emily's outfit. So give yourself the comfort refresh you deserve and get it for less at Brooklyn and go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code Whitney. Make sure you're modeling, Emily. Promo code Whitney to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code Whitney for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's Brooklinen, B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code Whitney. This podcast is brought to you by Hydro, my favorite, favorite, favorite way to work out. I did not work out at all for, I want to say like a year and a half until this item device entered the market, came on the scene, and now it's all I do. I'm taking a little break because of my severed thumb. But it is a state-of-the-art rowing machine. Does, I can actually do it people, with my severed people, thumb. Yeah, you can. Oh my gosh, so I have no excuse not to be on it. <laughs> a state-of-the-art rowing machine designed to transform the way you work out. So no longer do you need to be using these bands under the table at work like I do that or you guys car, don't know about. Or in hotels. <laughs> or on an airplane. Or, or in restaurants while we're eating. Goodbye. I love Hydro so much. What about you, Em? I've been loving it. Wait, weren't you guys using my Hydro the other day in my gym? Because I heard some very weird noises. I don't know what was happening. Oh, God. I love my new Hydro. I just want to try a new class. What's this pirate class? (laughs) You want a pirate's workout so you don't end up with wooden legs and wooden arms. Well, Polly has something to say about that. Well, let's get these wooden legs a burning. Hydro! I am! Row! I am! Row! I am! Oh, be prepared to walk the plank! Are you looking for your booty? That's a good point. I am getting a better booty. Dun dun dun! Arr, give me your ship! It's not a ship for the tenth time! It looked like a ship. It's a hydro! It's a state-of-the-art rowing machine designed to totally reinvent the way you work out, and it's amazing. You be walking the plank for telling me lies like that. It'd be a ship. It's not a ship. And I'd be a-taking it. It's not a ship. It's a workout that uses 86% of your muscles, and it was named one of Time Magazine's 2020 Best Inventions of the Year. Well, Polly and me be thinking it's ship. Oh, my God. And you'll be walking the plank. I'm working on my glutes. I'm working on my core. I don't have time for this. Go to hydro.com. That's hydro.com. All the cool kids are using it. The Rock, Kevin Hart, Whitney Cummings. Adult men, not kids. (laughs) Learn more at hydro.com. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com. Um, okay, this is the most important question. Do you want to look at my sticker collection and tell me which ones are your favorites? Yes. <laughs> Great. I do. I knew it. Okay. Wow. You just point to the ones. Oh, you went right to your... Oh, you went, look at that. Whoa, that's so... Oh, that's so weird. There's, there's <laughs> my... Oh, what? Look at my oh, graphics are right there. They're wow. right. Oh, what? I will tell you, this was one of my favorites right here, the hawk on, on, on fire. It's a good because, one. Uh, Who did was, that? Um, I think Sean Cliver did. Cliver, yeah. Yeah. 
um, because this was, well, this was my officially That's, second graphic, but yeah. most famous. Yeah. And then came this one, and then came this one. But this one, it was like when skating was kind of dying. Yeah. So that. Cliver. Cliver. Incredibly yeah. consistent. Yeah. Well, is there, can we get a full name on Cliver? Sean, Sean Cliver. Sean Cliver. Who is still part of the Jackass crew, who I just yep. saw at the Jackass Still doing shoot. great Ooh, graphics. Oh, yes. A weeks ago. Oh, I'm excited about that. Um, so any favorites? Wow. Any, any, um, uh, well, I, you know, I always loved Santa Cruz. And, Are there any uh, graphics that you kind of envy where you're like, because Pal was so kind of structured. Did you ever look at companies like, man, I kind of wish I could I get loved Pal. I loved, I loved their graphics. I mean, I VCJs. The, yeah, I mean, Rushmore. just the direction, the skulls and everything. I, I, do, I did enjoy Christian's because it was so much more uh, just like pattern visual. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. Lester. Yeah. Lester Kasai. Sims graphics were cool. Um, but yeah, I, wow, this is, you got some... How do you feel towards collectors as a pro? Is it you're like, um, oh, that's I'm, I'm cute. I'm jealous now. Oh, Chris Miller. Those um, were all free. I got them from Ed Templeton. That's cool. That is pretty cool. It is. <laughs> you are OG. He says hi. He says hi, by the way. Ed says hi. Um, wait, awesome. so that's an interesting thing you just said about collectors versus pros and the idea that, like, why would you collect when you're doing yeah, it, like, but you then did, later? Pros very... I mean, Lance has an, this insane hoard everyone hears about. Yeah. But most pros don't... Like, Ed doesn't keep stuff. Like, you don't know you're a part of something when you're a part. It's like when people talk about the comedy store and podcasts and stuff. They're like, "Are you collecting all that?" I'm like, "No." Like, do you I have? Gave, I gave away all my trophies. Like, I gave them away the day of. You know, just yeah. to a kid. Oh, here. Oh man. <laughs> Should we try to get like, them back? Do you have Should any of those? Segment? I tried. Like, do you have any of those stickers of yours of your design? Do you have like the I claw? have a few, a few, a few. You I have a I have a box. You have a box. Is, I, I just saw it the other day. A little box this big with a bunch of Bones Brigade stuff in it. Can I see it? Yes. <laughs> also, if you, you any can. of you guys have any of Tony Hawk's trophies, fucking DM me. I will pay you. We need them back. He, he made a mistake like in a fit that? of adrenaline. Sword to get that one. This is cost of fortune. We we covered our van in '87. The side of the van with these one day because you're on the tour and you're bored because yeah. you're living in the van. So we had thousands of these in the back and we were so sick of like why do we have to be the ones that throw these out so we, we covered the entire side of the, the tour van in these first demo we did they were all peeled off <laughs> these are seven Whoa. this has cost 75 dollars now oh my wow i yeah. don't know um ooh, that's rare jesse martinez yeah that's a good one do you know what's weird i just i'm, I'm on cameo not so tight. Know, How much? A, yeah, I'm gonna get one probably. How much is it? Um, By the way, is, is it like there's a different price for web and for the? I don't know. Like mine's two fifty or three hundred depending okay. on where you book yeah. it. But um, By the way, it's such a genius idea that if someone wants to have you on their podcast, just be like, oh, well, you can just buy the questions on Cameo. Yeah. And if you buy enough of them, you'll have a podcast episode. <laughs> I <Yeah>. did get. <laughs> there was a while ago where I did get. There was some financial thing, and I could tell the guy kept. Hey, what's your answer to this? And I was like, is this guy just doing an interview that he's going to? <laughs> yeah, he definitely he did, did he, that. he sent me maybe like seven or eight questions, and I was like, well, all right, you pay for each one. Okay, I guess I'll do it. I mean, you're you're doing an episode of my sticker show right now. I don't know if you know yeah, that, but it, doing, it is yeah. happening. But there's something but so I, funny about anyone can have it. But I got a request to wish Jesse Martinez a happy birthday. Oh, sweet! Which was kind of weird. That is weird because I. W- did you did you ever skate around him? Like, did you ever go down to Venice and I, skate that scene? Um, yeah, a couple times, but I just skate. he was on the Bones Brigade for a hot oh minute, yeah, yeah, so I yeah, skated yeah. with him. But yeah, I will tell you, you like this. My door when I was twelve, sponsored by Dogtown, was covered in this sticker right here. The door to my bedroom. 
That's wow. awesome. And I begged my parents to keep that door when we moved, <laughs> and they wouldn't do it. <sighs> what do you, what happens in your brain when you see these? Uh, it takes me back for sure. Oh, okay, I have a good story. Um, I, my dad used to give me um, a dollar for drinks at the skate park. Right. I got a dollar. Yeah. And these were a quarter. Right. <laughs> And so I bought a drink and two going stickers. And I was so excited. Two of these. The so thirsty. Because so, I want going, like going with San Diego. Yeah. And that's who I wanted to be sponsored by. And, you know, it's funny that I never actually did ride for him. Right. Um, and then Tracker was my sponsor for like 10 years. Um, Kevin Stobbs sent me that. Because really? I couldn't find it. It's impossible to find. Did you buy find. something from 90? No, but I was like, hey, I'll buy. Like, I was like, hey, man, this is a long shot, but... Do you maybe have the sticker? Okay, so Kevin, Kevin's the guy that has everything. That's awesome. And he does not allude to that. Oh. Because I he's, thought, he was like, yeah, I got it. And it was at my house like soon. No, he's got, anything you have here that you're excited about, he's he, got a pack of them like this. Oh, that's exciting. But he's like, yeah. like, doesn't let everyone know. Yeah, or he just doesn't, he never wants to go through them. And I'm just uh, like, Kevin, you have a gold mine. You have like, you have an eBay store. Yeah. In, in your, your house. Ha- yes. Yeah. Do you have to get that insured? I mean, you also I don't should. Know. No, he doesn't. Yeah, I care. He's just, mm, OG Thrasher stickers. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty good. Ed Templeton. Yep. Wow. These are awesome. Thanks. <laughs> Can I ask a question? I always love Toy Machine graphics. I mean, yeah. Ed is... Turtle I mean, Boy, like, he was, it was... I mean, this stuff, like, so he good. was so brilliant. That, this Toy Machine, that is one of the most brilliant it's so graphics. Brilliant. Ed, Ed so is... So basically, a, you know how people write... Yeah. Do you have one of those? Yeah. No, I don't. I mean, I have a... I work for Toy Machine sometimes. I do okay. graphics. But I have hundreds of those, because I... I so make basically, them, it's you know, people knuckles. will do like stuff Knuckle on their knuckles. Touches, yeah. So he just added a bunch more fingers so that it could be toy machine. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so perfect. Do you find though that like part of Kevin's style is so, you know, specifically like, like cool and do you, do you find when new, like young graphics people come in, you're like, this is not what we're doing. Do you get in like, like visuals wise I, I let Mar- our team decide do their, everything their aesthetics yeah we're, we're not trying to have like a comprehensive theme or anything mm-hmm. not usually so it's just like hey that's what you want to do let's do it I find myself being like I want this to look like it was made in the 90s and we just found it mm-hmm. you know I thought this one was always really cool too yeah that's our lift uh, that is uh, Jim Phillips did not create that out of his brain necessarily it's a very famous like a uh, 1930s illustrator that he got a lot of stuff from like the okay. Grosso bat wings oh, uh-huh. and uh, the Kendall science guy saw this guy named Virgil Finley who died in like 1935 who was wow. a super genius that I think Phillips was just a huge fan of right yeah and were the stickers to put to put on the boards obviously but also to because in DC they'd be all over stuff when I was a kid like, just you got like one board a year you got a board at Christmas yeah and then after a while it was destroyed so yeah. then you got stickers and put them on the board to keep it looking cool. Yeah. Because the graphics started to get degenerated over time. Right, right, right. So stickers sure... were like a way to keep your stuff looking cool uh-huh. and kind of acknowledge, because you only got the one board a year, so I get the Tony Hawk Mini, but I want <laughs> other people to know, I like other companies too. So like, yeah. you're like, I got an Alba um, sticker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, right. I know what's yeah. up. I'm They're not for committed. your parents to figure out what to buy you yeah, the next like, year. <laughs> Look, I have a Bones Brigade <laughs> membership card, but I'm not in a cult. And it's <laughs> funny though, when you say that, because I've seen boards come up on ebay or on sites and they're and they're like this was t- written tony hawk's board yeah. and i'm like you guys that has a gotcha sticker on it <laughs> yeah. and santa cruz like yeah. i don't think i'd yeah. be putting a 
No. A competitor's ten foot boneless sticker. stubbies. Was yeah. it stubbies at yep. the time. Tracker. Wow. What stubbies were wow. these weird he knows, clothes? He knows my history. Stubbies. Like, what do you think's worse, stubbies or Jimmies? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, in worse in what way? <laughs> like wear a Jimmies were weird to wear. Jimmies, yeah, but Velcro. Jimmies started the whole loose fitting That's look. True. Yeah. Um, Stubbies was funny because I actually approached them to be sponsored because mm-hmm. I was just looking for a clothing sponsor at the time and they were starting to do stuff in the US but what I didn't realize is that Stubbies were only known as rugby shorts in Australia. Weird. So super short shorts. Yeah. That was their thing. They were like the dolphin shorts of Australia. <laughs> and I, they were starting to make surf oriented clothes and so I went and I called them like cold call. I was maybe 18 or something. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to sponsor a skateboarder? Like, yeah. And then I convinced them to make shorts that were almost to the knee. <laughs> but do you understand what you're saying? Like, it would never occur to me to go like, hey, Gucci, Whitney Cummings here, <laughs> haven't made yeah, it, it yet. Yeah, it wasn't quite a Gucci phone call, but... <laughs> but, um, you, but you know what I mean? The yeah. fact that you're picking up the phone going like, I can, I'm going to try it. Like, what, like, I'm fascinated by the fact that the, um, the most uh, impossible things to achieve, you actually have the least amount of competition because so few people even attempt it. Yeah. So it's like the idea, it's like, no one else was calling that, uh, is my guess. And right. just the idea of just going like, what I'm gonna lose a minute and what be embarrassed? What are they gonna say? No, yeah, I, don't, I already don't have shorts. They say no, and then what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was that was the attitude for sure. It was like, what do I got to lose? Yeah, but it's like that is such a like it, like that is such a fascinating component. I think to like winners going like, oh yeah, one more no. What's one more no today? I mean, that's right. literally how I've gotten my career. Is like I just have such a high tolerance for the word no, and when I hear no, I have this weird kink that it's like, well. One, one no closer to a yes like that's gonna be such a cool talk show story I'm gonna be like they said no to me like t- 20 times I just kept calling like I picture it as a yeah. talk show story while well, I'm getting rejected that at that time I approached Quicksilver first because Quicksilver was starting to get into skate stuff kinda but yeah. they weren't officially sponsoring skaters and I went to them and I said hey you know but do you wanna do like a, 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 some sort of partnership or agreement and they're like no Really? Yeah, I remember it vividly because it was like in slow mo. Like, no thanks. Because wow. <laughs> it, it was at a trade show back when yeah. the ASR was the thing, and so I and so I went. Oh, okay. And then I think I went to the Stubbies booth from there. Whoa! And the guy who just got put in charge of the U.S. Stubbies was like, "Yeah, I heard of you. Let's let's talk." Is there like a relation? Because the 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 skateboarding scene that I like witnessed as like a you know youngster was very. Um, sort of hand in hand with like the graffiti scene in DC. And there was like a big need to like leave a mark, let you know, people know you were there Mm -hmm. and to like make a point like publicly that like we were here. And you know, Mm -hmm. like, I guess what I'm asking is like how, and now when I think of like skaters now and like Twitter and communicating, like how big of a um, deal is it to like be seen or heard or like leave a mark? Do you know what I'm saying? Is it part I of it? I think it's, uh, uh, well, not necessarily in the tagging sense. Mm-hmm. It's more that, what did you do at that spot? Yeah, you shut the spot down. Got yeah. it, got it, got it. And so it's like, he did an NBD at this kinked rail. Yeah. But NBD has never been done. And that's that's your mark. That's fascinating. And if someone else does that, they're kind of marked as a dick. So it's our like mic drop. It's you're like pissing on your territory. Like Kinda, I, yeah. I own this place. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just like, wait, why'd you do that? So that other dude did that same thing. I was like, I don't know. That's all I got. Who shut down the most spot? Like, there's all stories of like Tom Penny just shutting down 
street spots. Wait, so if someone does a trick on a corner, no one else is allowed to do a trick If they there? film it and post it. Ah. At this point, it's like they yeah, I did mean, it first. It, it's, it's, it's just bad. Sort it's of, not good luck to do that. It's, sure, but it, it. I don't care. Like, I, I know, don't... but I'm fascinated by like the inside. For sure, for sure, for the hardcore street follower skater, that's a thing. Where it's just like, what you should have done something else. Because yeah, so it's like if it's that. comics, like if my whole last special is about robots. If someone's mm-hmm. next special had was all, it would just be like weird. Well, like, uh, so we're getting into the weeds here, but like Sunset Car Wash. Yeah. Right. You've seen the Sunset Car Wash? Mm-hmm. On the way to the comedy on store, the, oh, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, of course, of course. The huge next bank. to the coffee bean. So, yeah, I know exactly. So Bristol Farms. People ollie off the roof into the bank. And now that has been done a few times. Yeah. Um, not by many. I mean, we're talking about like handful. So Jim now Greco. it's like, what trick can you do into the bank? Yeah. And now there's been three tricks. That guy kick flipped into it. Kick flipped into it. Milton Martinez. Yeah. Um, and then that guy recently did the 270. Yeah. Um, and I think there's one other thing maybe that happened. I don't know like the trick. I just remembered Greco. Someone lost a knee. <laughs> I mean, right. that those those videos, that footage is. But but it's like no one's going there just to to ollie into it. Yeah, now. not anymore. Right. Yeah. And only three people in the world have ever done that. But that's that's the attitude of skating. It's like, well, I'm not going to go there and do something that's already been done. That's so. And it's like, but if you did that, that would be amazing. It's so dangerous. It's so gnarly. <laughs> I went up there and looked at it. I was like, hell no. No, it's not even. It's it's like that. It's yeah. not even like a 45 degree it's angle. It's sending you into Sunset Boulevard on your stomach for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, but so this is my other question for you: is like, do you kind of also have to be like a medic? <laughs> yeah, me, I yeah. Mean, I talked about that actually. We talked about it on our on our podcast how we have these little hacks that we do. Like I've done my own stitches, and you kind of know, like, oh, that's probably more of a ligament thing, or that's more of a bone <laughs> thing, and you can self assess as well. And and it is, and I mean, I guess it's it's advantageous to have kids because I can tell immediately if this is going to be a serious hospital thing or based not. on the way they cry or the way they uh, just how it looks, how yeah. it feels, what's going on with it. Yeah, and, and uh, it is weird. You get, <laughs> you you just get thrown in by default into your own sort of medical. I don't want to say expertise, but experience. <laughs> but in how much of it is just like lock st- like um uh gut of like because since I work with my body so much I know what he did I know what this needs and how much of it is just like I've been doing this for so long I've seen so many both that's both fascinating sure. to me. Yeah. you always have to be prepared to be like a civil war surgeon no. at any moment if you're gonna be a skate- I did uh, uh, I was at the skate park I was actually doing this giveaway to a um, concert festival in San Diego where we were gonna be skating and so I did a little thing like tweeted out hey I'll be at the skate park first hundred people to say what's up. I'll give you tickets to the show. Mm-hmm. So I get to the skate park and almost immediately I fell in this bowl. I was just kind of warming up. I did a lip slide. My front foot came off, fell and hit my, my temple, but my <laughs> helmet I hit and then my helmet slid up and then I hit again. And so I split my eyebrow open and it was, it was immediately like, Oh fuck, I'm going to need stitches or I'm going to need to, you know, to tape like I have uh, usually I carry stereo strips with me which keeps, keeps yeah. your skin closed and so and and I just tweeted this out people are just arriving <laughs> <laughs> hey guys so <laughs> this is what I learned is that people don't care if there's blood coming out of your head no. they want their tickets and they want selfies and they want autographs yeah. and there was only one person that even was like are you okay yeah 
If you fainted right now, I'm getting a I picture count, with you. I, I, I encountered at least <laughs> yeah. I encountered at least forty people on my way to my car. Oh my god! And only one was like, "Are you are you all right?" <laughs> but I do think you. There, I got the I, last picture of Tony Hawk, you guys. But here's what I'll say: I'm fascinated by people that are as famous as you at something, and how they perceive the world because the world is so affected by their presence that they can never have any accurate understanding of what the world is even like. So because you can, every, your presence affects people. So so I, I, I um have I've twice maybe three times actually stressed out about what I was going to like wear on a podcast or in a meeting with anyone one was Michael Patrick King because he created Sex in the City and I like put on a tutu to meet him and then I and then we went to all these pitch meetings and I realized every woman was wearing like a ball gown to the meetings and I was like I know you you never fucking dress up oh it's because he's here you're dressing up because he's a fashion icon it's like for you I was like do I wear my old thrasher shirt no it's too on the nose like am I gonna wear my first like I was like so stressed out and I was like, oh my God, he must think that everyone just has cool shirts all the time, but they have one cool shirt that they're only wearing because you're around. That you, this, uh, what, the shirt you're wearing is actually my son's graphic. So, yes. Riley Hawk because it's got his sunglasses. Yes, I wasn't going to wear yours. That would just be too, I don't want to be a nerd. And guess what? You can't get it. I don't want the guests that I want. I don't know. But that must no, hard to come by. It, was, it wasn't easy. They didn't make a lot of them. Yeah, they didn't make a lot of those. It was hard to get the stickers too. Yeah, yeah. this is for, I mean, Kevin is yeah. procured this for that me. Was, I was yeah. very impressed. So um, do very old cool. skaters ever come up to you and are like, I was pretty good when I was like 12 and you're like, no, you weren't. <laughs> I could have no, like, If you I, were, you would have kept, you know, they're like, I actually was pretty good. It's I I I believe him. Yeah. <laughs> what, like, what, I mean, what are they, Uncle Rico? Like, I could have Smith ground over that mountain. <laughs> well, because it is like people come up to comics and be like, yeah, I used to do some like community theater, but uh, you know, went to law school instead. And you're like, are you implying that you could have done this had you just right, kept yeah, at it? Easy, Maybe. Yeah. I Maybe. feel like when you meet people, you see a lot of brand new pair of vans. Where they're like, I'm meeting Tony Hawk, better put on these skateboard shoes. I know, I've never noticed that. I've no, never but, thought that someone dressed the part to come meet me. But you know that no one's asking you how you are, even though your face is bleeding, because they, they, they want to be cool and not like know who you are. You know, it's like a... I don't know what it I, I, I think it was just, they were caught in the moment. It was just like, hey man, Tony Tweedy, he's going to go out there and let's go meet him. Like, oh, yeah. there he is. And it was it was never like... Oh, he got fucked up. Hey, there's a lot of yeah. blood on your face. Yeah, yeah but then and the funny thing is, is I went to a pharmacy straight from there to go buy steri strips and to go buy alcohol and to clean it and stuff. And I'm in line with this, like I'm in line with a, a hospital supply <laughs> of gear. Yeah. And the dude that was checking me out was like, "Hey, Tony, yo, man, can I get a selfie?" And he stopped scanning my items to come around and shoot us up. I was like. Yeah, but that's why I'm here. But also, you've only proven that you're going to be just fine. This is your fault. <laughs> I, uh, no yeah, one's like, so. oh, we need to help yeah. Tony Hawk. He seems like a pretty uh, fragile guy. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's only that's some true. blood coming yeah. out of the eyeball. This is a good I guess it comes for- to the territory. Yeah, it's yeah, part of my job. There's something interesting about like the way people react to you. You have no idea because they're reacting to you. Like, I want to think I'm cool. I don't want... Because everyone thinks they have a shot at being your friend, myself included. <laughs> so... Cool. I brought my stickers <laughs> to show you. Let's you true. understand. Yeah, we're, we're all friends. So no one sure. was a dick. No one was like, I want him to bleed to death. They were like... Like, in their mind, that that's going to go, hey, dude, are you okay? And you're going to go, like, no, it's pretty bad. Like, then what? They're going to go, all right, bye. You want to call someone? Yeah, because like, you yeah. are, like, symbolic you're to a, a an age group of, especially dudes. Like, you've been famous to me since I was 10. Right. So (laughs) like you're a human, obviously, but also you're this idea of skateboarding and like 
the most famous skate. You've been the most famous skateboarder in the world for like 20 years. <laughs> yeah, and that's know, it's while weird. It's, it's fucking weird, dude. Yeah, I know it's weird. And like, do you have a sense of that responsibility? Kind of. Uh, I, I have come to embrace that and come to terms with that in recent years. Yeah. Um, I used to. What are your final words before your son eclipses you in fame? <laughs> Oh, please. <laughs> Do it faster. Those are my final words. Bring it on. Um, no, but I did I did kind of come to understand that I have this reach and this voice that could affect change and that could also uh, promote skateboarding in a way that maybe others couldn't. Yeah. And I've come to to advocate to to be an advocate for skating in general yeah. and i understand that and and i don't take it lightly mm. and i i love doing it like i really do i love i enjoy talking about skating and how it can be so great for kids of any background mm-hmm. for mental health for their sense of self-confidence their sense of self-esteem their community and so that's that's what i do now yeah. Um, I feel like that's more my role than anything. Which is like so, you know, to be sort of um, a, a father figure, whatever, to like misfits, to me, there's no more honorable sort of thing to do. And um, and I was listening to your podcast and like, I, I was kind of like, oh, I'm like, this is just gonna make me feel stupid. Like, I don't know that much or like, I can't understand what's going on. I, everything was so relatable. Like, you know, and Chris Rock always says the more specific you are, the more universal you are. Like when you are getting into like granular, like super like geeked out esoteric skaters, stuff yeah i can even be like oh that's like that time i dated that guy and i kept calling and i kept calling and it didn't work and i just had to do you know what i mean like everything becomes a metaphor for something else because yeah. it's just about toiling and overcoming adversity and not giving up yeah i mean that's that's what you know when people say what did skating prepare you for I'm like, everything yeah and especially disappointment and and perseverance more more than anything. And sometimes you can do everything fucking right and then just something dumb like they don't catch it on camera and you're like are, even though oh, yeah. I've controlled everything in my ability to make this perfect, I can't control other people's behavior. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And 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 you just learn to accept it too. Like I just can't there's not some crushing defeat now where you build up something, especially when you're young, mm. that it means everything. When you don't get it, you don't know what to do with yourself. And and, and so you realize, especially later, it's just like, nah, it didn't work. And also, I think that there's something of like, when when something, when a skill requires that much immersion and is so all-consuming, it took me so long to learn, sometimes the best thing you can do is walk away and do something else. Oh, Does yeah. that make any sense? Absolutely. Like, yeah. The no, best thing I can do is stop yeah. and just like, take a nap mm-hmm. and and be a person like for art to imitate life you have to have a life it's like the best thing I can do to be a comedian right now is to just go to the mall and go to Things Remembered and buy a frame <laughs> like it yeah, has nothing sure. to do with comedy yeah. I just have to go have a life yeah, Things yes. Remembered do you know what I'm Sorry. saying <laughs> that, I gotta get to a Claire's immediately I've got goals specific <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I just need to go to an Aaron Brothers and I'm just thinking get about a silver the, sharpie if we don't hit a Spencer's gifts <laughs> I'm gonna die today <laughs> if we don't get to Wet Seal by 630 I'm gonna lose my sh- BCBG's gonna to hear Dude, about if it. Journeys is not open <laughs> in Topanga anymore, I'm going to flip my shit. But it is like sometimes like the best uh, visionaries and thinkers and athletes, like sometimes it just takes doing something like really simple to just being uh, like to step just away to bring from you it. back. Yeah. Yeah. To, to recenter for sure. Can I ask one last question? And that means I have like three more, but I'm going to do my best because you have to get out of here and I, <laughs> I respect you. And so I'm not going to keep you late like I normally do everyone else. Um, uh, but can you, can I just ask you something about, cause I was talking to Kevin before this to make sure I didn't totally embarrass myself. Like me being from like DC, seeing some of the Virginia, like Richmond, like sort of skate, which is a lot of DC, like 
and then I when I meet people from that New York scene, it's like totally different from mm. that time. Yep. And then San Diego and San Francisco are like totally like I was like, oh yeah, skaters like didn't do drugs, were straight edge, and they're like, what? San Francisco was like, what? Like you, <laughs> yeah. what is the? Di- can I just I, it, hope, without getting anyone into trouble? And I, I'm happy to take the. I'm sure I will take the blame uh, of like what is each scene's kind of. I, stereotypes the wrong word, but like theme, vibe, and what does that say about the country and the way that it, and even well, the world? Well, I, th- I think that that a lot of that has been washed away with the how prolific social media is and the speed oh. of information, and so now skaters. I, I can't say there's just one type of skater in any certain area, mm-hmm. um, but like for historically, sure, what there's, it a, meant. there's a, like New York was like hardcore street, mm-hmm. and you had to be rough and tough. Because you had to deal with cops, with crackheads, with, you know, mm-hmm. you to, to skate anywhere. Traffic. Traffic. You're dealing with all kinds of different elements. Terrible asphalt. Like, uneven. Terrible asphalt, yeah. Pigeons. And so you had to be totally just rough and tumble. Like, you, yeah. had to, you had to be committed to it. And they were a little more harder edge. Like, their attitude was like, fuck it, this is, this is our NYC, five boroughs, yeah, this is yeah. it. And so, you know, it's a little more mellow in San Diego because it's like, we got skate parks, we got the surf. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know and so we didn't have those challenges and, and so it breeds a different type of attitude. Interesting. Um, and so DC was, yeah, I mean, it was punk, it was hardcore, but it was like... But you know what's interesting about, because I'm thinking, because there is such a, I'm obsessed with like counter, the things that become counterculture and why, and like why the DC scene that I um, uh, hung out in uh, uh, was straight edge because it usually it's a reaction to whatever the authority's doing. I mean, this was a time where the our mayor Mary Berry did crack and we reelected him. Right. So it's like the authority yeah. figures are doing drugs. Let's not do drugs. That's the punk rock shit to do is to not do crack. Yeah, I, well, I think a big part of that too was Ian Mackay, uh, minor threat was leading the charge, and people were yeah they were in they were all in. I mean, he's, he's awesome. He's still there. Yeah, still in the same house. Seriously, Discord house. It's yeah. great. We went and visited the Discord house, my wife and I, because it's so iconic. Obviously, and and he invited us, and my and he has this insane archive of cassette tapes and videos and shows and and zines and it's all just it's all like paper and it's all stacked tightly and my wife was like if there's a fire if there's a oh, fire like the history of punk rock is yeah. gone so she bought him a fire extinguisher and sent it to him <laughs> Awesome. By the way, this is I, I'm obsessed with the wife. How do I take care of minor threats? Right? Yeah, how, like, yeah, how, how can I care wait, for I, minor threats? The fact threat. that she's like punk history is in my hands. <laughs> but you can you can see we have a photo with with Ian and his skateboard that's on the Salad Days cover. Wow. Um, on his porch, we we posed Jesus. on his porch for the most you know that's the that's most iconic. In, that's photo. insane. That's it. That's insane. Can I ask you about San Francisco? Because and how does the terrain affect the person like of uh, San Francisco? San Francisco is is uh, it's a different vibe, obviously. But there was there was a stronger skate scene through the years because some of the um, companies were based there, including oh, Thrasher um, and <clears throat> and uh, NHS Santa Cruz and everyone. But um, people are very accustomed to hill bombing. In San Francisco. Yeah. And there's a whole crew and movement of people that can go down the steepest, scariest hills without without losing control. See, this is, it's making me realize, like, because at first <clears throat> I wanted to ask you, like, if you want to be a pro skater right now, what city do you move to to be the best? And now you're making me realize, like, it just whatever city you're in is just going to develop the you're gonna, type you yeah, are. Yeah, you're going to adapt to what the different, but also skate, skate parks are finally more abundant 
And so if you want to be a, a bowl skater, you could still do it in San Francisco. Yeah. And you couldn't, you couldn't 20 years ago. Yeah, I know. And then what about lasting international when you travel internationally? Um, it's growing all over. And I think, you know, once the Olympics happen this month, Mm. um, that's going to raise the profile and the awareness much more, but I've seen skating in the most unlikely places. Like I went to, there's a full thriving skate scene in Ethiopia that I went and skated with locals there. Um, I've skated, uh, there's, there's a skate park in Uganda. I haven't been there, but there is. And if you look up videos, it's fascinating. Wow. Um, and And then can you say something just quick about how to learn to skate in a war zone? Uh, yeah, well, that was so that documentary on Skatistan, which is a group that that provide that does skateboard facilities and education, like literal education, um, in some of the craziest areas. In, in their most famous is in Kabul, Afghanistan, and um, they did a documentary on some girls there. Uh, how, to, was, how to skate in a war zone if you're a girl? <clears throat> how to skate, learn to skate? How to learn? How to, to, sk- to learn to skate in a war zone if you're a girl? Mm-hmm. And it's about these girls that have found Skatistan because they get to go to school there and they get to skate. And because it's not considered a sport, they're allowed to, to skate, d- oh, do wow. a, a, do an activity that boys also do because they're not allowed to play sports. Yeah. So there's this sort of loophole there, and it's, it's fascinating because these girls they they rip. And they're they're dedicated. The most fascinating part of skateboarding right now is the females. Like it's fascinating because it reminds me growing, of the nineties, growing like exponentially. They're so core. They're just yeah trying to rip. It's I just saw. Awesome. Um, I was at a. I was doing a little video thing at a skate shop actually. Um, from before I got here, and Samaria Brevard just walked in, and it was like it, this this girl. She's awesome. She's like one of the best street skaters, mm-hmm. and she just you know just casually walks into the skate what shop. What skate shop were you at? Uh, what is that part? That one that's right off Santa Monica Boulevard. Um, uh, Rip City. Hmm. Isn't LA Skate or something like that? LA Skate Co. That used to be Hot Skates in Glendale. I'm fa- <laughs> see. I'm fascinated. This is where I do like. I think love to have insight around like when there's like a new or when something's becoming bigger for women, right? Like mm. when people are like, what's it like being a female comic now? I'm like, oh, I'm so fucking sick of this question. But here's the thing I will say. The reason it's different now is that we get to all have different emotional reactions to things and different behaviors and it doesn't reflect on everyone. So when there's a scarcity complex, when there's only a couple female skaters, number one, the pressure's on to be the best at all. You can't just be good you have to be the best mm-hmm. or I'll see I told you they couldn't fucking sk-. you know yeah. like when I was first doing stand up every time I went up there I was very aware that like the way I do right now affects the way that it either affirms the stereotypes or I'm gonna have to change people's minds I can't just go up and be funny I have to either change people's minds or I have to affirm or I'm going to affirm a negative stereotype that harms people <laughs> it's like this is not like you know what stand up should be and the same thing I think with skating is like you know when you get to just be okay and still get to get better and at this in the same timeline as everyone else. So it's like for me as a female comic, I also had to be way better than I should have been given the amount of time I had. It's like, no, in two years I had to all of a sudden be really good just because there were eyes on me because people were like, oh, what's the girl going to do? And it was like, I, I just want to be able to be invisible for like five years and just get <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I couldn't. And then it was like, oh, see, the women are funny. It's like, well, I've only been doing this for six months. Like, you know, but I think that um, there's also a greater range of like the way the way women skate. I'm excited to sort of see, you know, the emotional reactions because because uh, I've spent so much time going like, you're not allowed to be loud. You're not allowed to be emotional because uh, yeah. people are going to say you're crazy. You can't like snap at people like it'll be interesting to watch because um, anger release is such a big part of it. Like what what that looks like, because because Lizzie is like I she's so calm and she's so um, hard to shake. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. And and for, well, it, but but it, like I said, you can't. You, you there's no way to to, to stereotype. Yeah. Who skates now, and and especially in the women, they they come from all different backgrounds, and um, you know, like Leticia Buffoni, who's probably one of the favorites of the street, comes from Brazil, and yeah, and she has a different look, and and um, and then there's <clears throat> scrappy girls that came, you know, that fought their way out to try to get recognized and yeah. they're going to be Olympians. That's amazing. And I'm just fucking so psyched. I saw this. Uh, did you see the video of the little girl skating in the tutu? Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh Raisa. So Raisa, I would say Raisa is probably one of the absolute favorites to win the Olympics. And that was how she got recognized was doing a heel flip in a tutu. Yeah. You reposted that video and it went completely nuts. Yeah. And I mean, now she's, have you seen her? She rips she, like she absolutely like, better than I than I ever not even close. Yeah, like there it, was never a day she, in my she's life. She's like a machine of of uh, consistency mm. and just one trick after the nails other, after the other. Just hard, dangerous stuff, and it's just like oh, she's got it. That's because that to me as soon, as soon as like I know this is like fashion is not my strong suit or not something I'm super interested in, but I, I am super interested in how fashion reflects like what's going on in terms of I didn't feel like I was really able to be an authentic comedian until I was able to like wear my hair down on stage because I used to go on being like you have to kind of look like a boy, you have to wear a hoodie, you have to wear a backpack. Like when when you're allowed to be feminine, yeah, in yeah. a in a male dominate whatever. Mm-hmm feminine means that's gonna get me canceled but whatever when you're allowed to just um, express yourself however the fuck it is and not have to go like I have to dress like one of the guys I have to do tricks like one of the guys but it's so much it's so much more welcome too now because there's other little girls that want to get into it and they want to be their own their own person and they don't want to have to fit into some whatever and it's box not a- that because because that's that's the only way that you're going to be accepted yeah because it also just optics wise it just like always looked like it was just for the guys and even yeah. if you are a girl you have to kind of act like the guys that's what I did that's what mm-hmm. I grew and then I see like Catherine Ryan and, and Natasha Legere and I see these female comics that are in like dresses and like gloves and I'm like I didn't think that was an option because we were already trying to make people forget that we were women yeah, <laughs> right. like why are you reminding them yeah. no, the new group the kind of the new people that are getting finally some attention in skating or the most like the queer skaters and there's a bunch of trans skaters like mm-hmm. it's awesome that's like fantastic. because it's oh, yeah. skating no, it's supposed, exploded. skating exploded and, you know yeah. it's it's unique but it's also there's a lot of similarity in it mm-hmm. and now it's like it's getting unique again like well, there's so many different types yeah. yeah yeah you're just like oh everyone's doing this and it's awesome okay i and these very awkwardly anyway i did sure. watch tony hawk's <laughs> master class in skateboarding Oh, thank you. I am not a master at skateboarding yet, but I believe <laughs> I have the mental tools and the understanding for if I ever want to be one. I'm prepared. I'm glad it helped. It did. I, I, but now I, that we're friends, you I, can just reach out to me <laughs> hey, so, directly. <laughs> What's Listen. the again? Can you imagine? Like in real time. <laughs> but, <laughs> Listen, Tony, I can't get I'm up. I'm in my driveway. <laughs> I can't get the board to flip. I'm really trying to shrulp a grind. Can you as, help? <laughs> as long as you won't call me to be like, hey, I'm doing this event tonight. Do you have like a joke? I, like That's what a lot of times when I think people of different fields meet and they're like, oh, let's be friends. And I'm like, I'd love to be friends with you. And they'll just be like, hey, I'm about to like go on stage at the Kennedy Center. Can you like write a joke for me? Oh, and no, like, no. My, no, my ask is is going to be much deeper. Mine's going to be now that we are going into public events again and yeah. fundraising. Um, you want me to come tell right. dick jokes for your uh, child's school? No, mine, mine would be a little more curated and it would be more like, hey, 
come have dinner and have a private show from wit- private just go, performance. You want me to just go on dates? You want me to just be a prostitute? Come have dinner with me. No, uh, no, no. Pay me. No, to- it would be high. <laughs> no, let me take it back. It'd be it'd be high end dinner, and then you 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 could perform for. Half hour? This still hour? sounds really dangerous. Do I get a husband out of <laughs> This still sounds like a trap, sort of. <laughs> Shit. Like, no, but I do. I'll it's... figure out a way to present it. I will do it. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Regardless of whether it's a charity no, or not. If that's just your that. version of hanging out, I'll do I that. I don't put people on the spot like that. <laughs> Even if I, I get put on the spot like that all the time. For our first time hanging out. And you're like, so are you going to, do you want to go up now? Or like, <laughs> Wait, I have to do stand-up for you guys? <laughs> so I do have a funny story that when you said it would be for kids, our very first charity event we ever did was called Stand-Up for Skate Parks. And it was at the bowling alley in LA. I don't know if it's still there. Lucky um, Strike. Lucky Strike or the, not, not, or pins. Sh- pins. 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 I fuck with pins. <laughs> pins okay. Yeah. So it was it was at pins and um uh and it was we didn't know what we were doing. We we're just trying to raise money. So we had like yeah, yeah. circus rides out in the parking lot. We had a vert ramp in the parking lot and we had I know David Spade doing oh, okay. stand up. <laughs> and what we realized is that it's all these kids with families. Yeah. No, not <laughs> and the then, pit. And then he performed in the bowl in the alley. <laughs> oh my gosh! So awkward. I mean, I'm so thankful he did it, but but it was so awkward. And I could see him. By the way, still the see, biggest break of his life. <laughs> I could still see jokes coming to him where he's like, "Oh, this is not gonna. This is not the audience. I, not gonna I, go And you're like, well. "Hey, man, remember Police Academy? We're cool. <laughs> remember when we remember that? We're good, right? Yeah, he did it. And and Blake 182 played. On the lanes. I my, the new thing I have. Whoa, the new thing I have learned to do is go. Okay, I'm invited to host. So it happened to me the other night. Host a thing. I go. Who's the Who's the audience? They're gonna go. It's all like adult. You. Know, they never know the answer. So then I prepare yeah. for a couple iterations of it. And if there's kids in the audience, which there always are at these school functions, I'll go like, you know what, you guys, I'll do the sex talk so you don't have to. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's what I turn it into. I'm yeah. like, I'm gonna let me take this off your shoulders. I'll just do this and then and then I also will do things to make parents have to get annoying questions from their kids over the weekend. <laughs> and so I'll just be like, ask your mom about that. And they're well, like, fuck good. you, my kid won't stop asking me what official is. <laughs> so it's just like you have to just more lean into it that way. Cause those fundraisers yeah. are always like super weird and awkward, but we have to do them and there's a way to do them that is like Right. But yeah, yeah I, I, I sense that if we, we would do it, we would embrace whatever it is you wanted to. Yeah, that'd be comedians on skate. I honestly think you should do a comedian skate competition and skaters doing stand up. It's I would pay way more money to see that. <laughs> I mean, I wrote Ed some jokes for his Hall of Fame speech. He did pretty good. Like he okay. delivered them. OK, yeah. I think a lot of skaters can deliver stuff. Yeah, It's about timing. I mean, it is yeah. a similar. Yeah. Sure. Comedian Skill. bodies do not perform athletically terribly well. I just wouldn't want to be responsible for someone's rolled ankle or broken wrist. And <laughs> they would We'd be, be thrilled in to front of, yeah, In front of you, they yeah. wouldn't cop you. would be like, I'm good. Like, <laughs> no one's going to get and all that. There's bummed. something funny to me that everyone that's ever talked to you at a skate park is injured but didn't want you to know. <laughs> so everyone's like, hey, man. What's up, man? Hey, dude, it's really good. Me, you, hey, Jesus. You're like, no one shakes my hand. Yeah, it's like, because it's broken. They're all hanging by yeah, a thread. Everyone's wincing. But uh, but there is, yeah, there is. And the last thing I'll say is, because you have to believe. Um, did you ever see Fred Armisen did a special just for drummers? Yeah. Comedy for drummers? <laughs> no, I didn't see Dude, that. Dude, it is so funny. It's so good. Yeah, half of the stuff most people wouldn't get if they don't know about it, but it's still funny and you're not even sure why, but doing like and a comedy. And the audience had to Kevin be drummers. Kevin and I will write this for you. Oh, Only drummers were that's allowed 
in the audience. Yeah. It was tremendous. Like if you did a just comedy for skaters, I mean, Kevin and I could write it for you in yeah. 20 oh, yeah. minutes. Oh, awesome. And I it's just skaters and then Let's the proceeds go to whatever. Like it would just be so fucking funny. <laughs> you have to watch comedy Sounds for good. drummers. I will. I will. I actually saw the, the last time I saw Devo play, Fred Armisen was their drummer. He can play the drums for real. For it's anyone. really something. Yeah, he's unreal. But and they put him kind of hidden on the stage. I was like, why are they? They go, it's just we don't want the distraction. It's like how Tom Lennon's in like a Morrissey cover band. He's in whatever the biggest Smiths cover band. <laughs> when is. they so say, great. "Are we not men? We are Devo." Is he allowed to shout it? I wonder. If he's just a guest drummer. <laughs> He's like, we are Devo! He'd probably shout it way too loud. We are Devo today! (laughs) We are Devo for the next 20 minutes! God damn it! (laughs) We are Temp Devo! That's so fascinating to me, the idea that he screams it. If you yell it, we'll sue the shit out of you. The funny thing about that was that that, that, at that particular concert, when they asked him to drum for them, they had already booked it. He had already bought tickets. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Wow. That is so... Because he he's a Devo fan. He bought yeah. tickets to the show and they're like, well, Jeremy's like, I'm already going to be there. Uh, oh, totally. Do you want to... Yeah. St- I'll give you a ride. And he's like, but do I still get to sit in my seat after? Because I just <laughs> yeah, deserve yes, seats. Exactly. I got really good seats. Yeah. No, thanks. <laughs> but also, the yeah, last thing is that he goes on stage and he's drumming and he'll like do a little... He'll be like, all the drummers in North Carolina will go... And everyone goes crazy because it's like some inside oh joke. It's so specific. It's amazing. There's some jokes in it that are so weird and good. I just, it's great. You You're like, only my right, friends would get this, but it's going to be so massive. I'm in. Okay, you have to go to Torrance for some reason. I do. I'm sorry. I end these awkwardly. Uh, uh, your podcast is on all platforms. No, I'm not even done yet. <laughs> oh, that, okay. that's, that wasn't even as awkward as it's going to be. Oh, talk and, awkward. And then, yes, and we're going to. Oh, can you say that? Please? And then, don't ride elephants. I love you guys. Uh, Hawk versus don't Wolf. Elephants. Don't ride el- elephants. Don't Can ride I tell elephants. You, don't ride elephants. This this podcast is so soothing and inspiring Thank and you. activating. And it was so cool to listen to y'all's report. And also, as you're signing, because I know you have to go. Um, what am if I, I just am I making this too? Oh my god! While he signs it, I want I won't sell it. I promise. So bad. But also the way you talk about like your radio show and like the ups and downs of that and the sort of like as thanks man you know people that do what we do now we have to have all these other skills in addition like I'm a pro skater now I have to like be able to you know have a radio show and book guests and like how even when you're you know you're at the top of your game you're still having to do everything yourself yeah it it was so cool to hear that because there's many times where like (laughs) there's there's many times where I am like what I'm at a certain level I should be able to have people do this for me it's like it never ends you're always doing it for yourself yeah, even yeah. when you're, <laughs> I embrace it. And you're, <laughs> but it's such. It's <laughs> he's frozen in time. What's better education that for anyone that wants to be a winner than going? Oh yeah, I'm always have to do it myself. I'm not gonna let any wait for anyone. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.